hyphen how you doing oh i'm doing pretty good i just got uh, a couple shipments of blu-rays in today oh any particular highlights oh well let's see what we got here from eureka video oh eureka you found it police story and police story 2 uh, Project A and Project A Part 2, uh, uh, four Jackie Chan movies, and then yeah. The Friends of Eddie Coyle uh, with Ron Mitchum and Peter Boyle, and then from uh, JB Hi-Fi, got uh, uh, They Shall Not Grow Old, uh, uh, yeah. I've, never, I've never seen this, or yeah. it might be good, uh, Deer Skin, starring uh, Jean Dujardin and Adele Hanel, yeah. uh, the, the first movie I ever saw Adele Hanel in, I saw... Mm. The 2019 Film Festival, I saw, I saw this movie and Portrait of a Lady on Fire within 24 hours of each other. Without even, <laughs> I, I, I'd never heard of Adele Hanel, and I saw both those movies, which are two of the most different performances you'll, and two of the most different movies you'll ever see. Um, so I spent a oh, good... I mean, I mean, by 4K of Tenet just arrived. Oh, yeah. I'm doing the gesture. You can't see, because <laughs> for various reasons, I'm not on webcam yet. Finn is also doing... A can confirm slapstick described uh, anyway I, uh, on, on the topic <laughs> yep. our, of, our classic bit again of describing <laughs> the slapstick uh, well on the topic of uh, Adele Haynell I spent a lot of today watching uh, a journey to Italy then force majeure then downhill um, which is a steep compare like holy and we, we will talk about it anyway yeah. but before that I was like, how do you warm up for a day like that? You watch all the special features on the portrait of a lady on fire Blu-ray. There are two things worth mentioning. One, obviously there's a nearly hour-long compilation of what I think is just all the footage they shot of close-ups of people's hands painting things with the audio is just the spot recording in the moment, so it's just an hour of paintbrushes scraping on things. It's hypnotizing. It's wonderful. Five stars. But the second uh, is is uh, on the topic of Adele Hainault, as that f- whole film basically is. Uh, uh, S- Celine Shiama's audio commentary for the the sequence when you first meet her, uh, when when you know she she's a robed figure, and then uh, she starts running. We see a bit of her face, her hair, and then she goes to jump over the top of that. Celine Sharma is giving maybe one of the greatest speeches on film ever, <laughs> which is like obviously in French, but I'll just do the accent, not the language. <laughs> How do you show cinema a face? <laughs> First you cloak it, then a glimpse, the hair, and then she runs and jumps and uh, and and she does that and then as in the film Adele Hainault turns to look at us for the first time uh, uh, both the character and, and the camera she says in time with the character she wrote being played by her ex-girlfriend she says I've always thought about doing that in dreams and it's just this magic piece uh, of, of, of film explanation which is followed and I have tweeted screen caps of this because yeah. it's in French, it's subtitled followed moments later by her going and t- 
talking more detail about uh, Hainault's character, and she starts, I constructed the character in three phases. Sorry. Wee <clears throat> wee. Oui, oui. I constructed the character in three phases. I called the first phase, which is the one we see now, the Japanese phase. Because I had a cape, so I saw myself as an intergalactic Japanese emperor. <laughs> Which is uh, not at all what I was expecting as a piece of inspiration for incredible film portrait of a lady on fire. Anyway. No, that's something that you like expect to hear like George Lucas say in, as like one of his influences in, ma- yeah. in making like Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's great. What a film. Five stars. Finn, it has been a long time. Uh, I don't think if we've ever talked about it on the, the P-cast itself. To the piss cast. Welcome to piss and sound. No. <laughs> My name is Yutha Piss. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, My name is Piss, 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 Pissless. We both keep running rankings of all the films we have so far watched for this P cast. Uh, uh, and, and we haven't updated each other, well, because we're we are apart it's because we separate like ripples on a blade um and and i thought it would just be a good way to touch base look back maybe i think we've got a few new listeners on the way which is to say have joined us which is to say i've noticed more people engaging with the podcast i thought maybe it's worth uh, as we look at two films this week journey to italy and force majeure Um, And while we talk about Force Majeure, an incredible film that there's so much to talk about, we can maybe do a two to three minute long footnote on the comparisons to Downhill, another film I also watched, which has, there's just not like... Anyway, well, I, 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 I was kind of hoping we, we would uh, talk, uh, talk maybe uh, more about uh, Downhill than Force Majeure because I have uh, not seen Force Majeure. Oh... Okay, so mm. um, uh, let's we can quickly rectify that now. Imagine uh, downhill, but good. No, better. Yeah, yeah. As we look at these two and a half, that's downhill as the half films about <laughs> long-term relationships. Um, we should we could survey our own. I thought that's my. Uh, Odd, surprisingly thoughtful and not at all improvised justification for doing this. Um, so, uh, Finn, I think there, there, there are on my list 123 films. Yes, because one of them is not on Letterboxd. Which is Neil Breen's five feature film retrospective. Yeah, which I'm just going to say, yeah, that's a, that's a uh, 123 for me. That's the worst one we've seen. Uh, I have put it at zero, so it does not interfere with the numbering and is also like out, kind of outside of the laws of the list, the way yeah, that yeah. that film is. There is also, we don't have greed twice. Yeah. I have added force majeure because I'm a dick. So that means if we look at 61 and 62, we have our midway point. It is between yeah. those two that we go from big, good to bad. So, uh, what is your number 62 for Nicholas? Uh, my number 62 is Unshin Andalou. Oh, that's a, a, a shorty. Um, I have it higher than that. I've got it at 48. Right. Um, my 62 is The Earrings of Madame De, the very oh, first right. film we watched. The film which has yeah, many... Maybe. 
many key uh-huh. parts of our law in it background artists who know their fictional <laughs> bad french accents we oui, we oui, indeed beings of madame dare is at number 27 for 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 me um i'm sure i might like it more now but yeah mm. meh. uh and my 61 is blade runner huh. uh that's quite uh, uh that is number 34 for me oh yeah what's your 61 my 61 is A Matter of Life and Death by Pal and Pressburger. I, I, I'm pretty sure I would like that more on, on a rewatch. Oh, yeah. I have that at 33. I have it mm. in front of Journey to Italy. I think early next year I'm, I'm going to do like as much of their stuff as I can to really like give myself like a proper education on them. So I thought just uh, it could be fun if we looked at our top and bottom tens. And we, yeah. Maybe we can reflect a bit about some of the shit we've seen. <laughs> Oh yeah, what? Because these are looking at these. These for me are the. Uh, you, it's toilet town. You know, <laughs> these are the. These are the despicable. These are the. Mm, no, maybe we shouldn't be allowed to make films. Films. <laughs> uh, uh, and, and where does your do you, do you agree, or are you nicer to your uh, uh, to victims? Uh, I think it's for, for like bottom five or six where I really start to think that film should be illegal. Oh, but yeah, yeah. I, I I feel we may have similar ones, but yeah. What's what's ten from the bottom for you? Uh, that is Holmes and Watson. Uh, yep. I uh, 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 a name you may be hearing again quite soon, <laughs> but my number ten from the bottom, scent of a woman. Yeah, uh, the horrific Martin Breast film where 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 Winton thinking it was a romance film, but it was just a pro bullying <laughs> fantasia. That is at number ninety nine for me. Oh, oh yeah, dodged. Oh wow, wow. Would you call that worse than Christopher Columbus: The Discovery? Uh, no, no. I have- cr- 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 Christopher Columbus: The Discovery is uh just two places above Holmes and Watson. Oh yeah, I have I have Christopher Columbus the Discovery at 109 and in my yeah. you know readdressing the list knowing we we're going to talk about it a big point of my mind was is this film better or worse than Christopher Columbus <laughs> the Discovery yeah. so like Red Dawn is better, Zodiac Killer worse, Lucy's better. Meet Joe Black, worse, you know? It just yeah. all kind of works out. What's uh, what's number nine for you? Uh, number nine is Casino Royale, 1967. Ding, ding. Yeah. I'm psychic, me too. What a what horrific... A just a, an egregious waste of all of the talent involved, even the talent of yeah. the people involved who are sex criminals, yeah, you know? No, it, it, yeah, it, it, it wasted the, like... It wasted the collective money and talent of the entire film industries of England, France, and America in 1967. And it is like the very fact that there was a big budget, a psychedelic 60s James Bond parody with Orson Welles, Peter Sellers, David Niven, Woody Allen. The fact that that exists is insane. The fact that it sucks. It's so... And that it is so boring. And just not... It's it's just not funny, you know? No. Insufficient laughter, my lord. It's <laughs> it's it's just... It's, oh, God. Oh, fuck, man. Christ. Um, number eight for me 
is Hick. It's, uh, <laughs> uh, which you know is kind of emotional torture porn about uh, rednecks with heavily sexualized thirteen-year-old Chloe Grace Moretz as your lead. Yeah, there's not really much more you can say. It's just dreadful. Oh, it, it's got a great scene where she does cocaine and then has uh, cocaine hallucinations. <laughs> and and w- 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 one of the things she like then, repeatedly hallucinates while on cocaine is a man with an old t- is a man with like an old timey camera and he's like putting machine on yeah. his head. It's I, I don't know yeah. why that's what she hallucinates on cocaine. Uh, also, uh, it's not a gun; it's a forty-five. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, classic stuff. Uh, my number eight is Cinderella. Oh yeah, mine. My, my wow, you got to get into. It is a while before you hit Cinderella on my list. Hmm. Uh, my number seven, Kung Pao into the fist. That is number eleven for me. What a baddie! It's just the a bad, bad time. Uh, of all the bad movies we've watched, that's one that I've been told the most times is a, is, is a masterpiece since doing that episode. But that's and uh, I was uh, it by one person. Was it by uh, Ben McGugan? It was by Ben McGugan most often, but but there, yeah. there have been other people. Like there are a bunch of people on like on, on the like online Facebook film shit here groups I'm in, where people are like, oh, Kung Pao into the fist. What a, what a great film! Ah, uh, yeah, Facebook groups exactly yeah. the place to find incredible discourse of the <laughs> highest level between yeah. sane, medicated people who don't at all attempt to like kill popular anyway <laughs> uh, uh, my my number seven is blake edwards mickey and maud oh yeah it's a baddie it's definitely another comedy with uh, no jokes yeah like the less said the better i feel like just don't like the problem with mickey and maud is if you have to see it you have to find it like i found it in the one which was at the time the one remaining video store in auckland and it, now that video store no longer exists which means it's harder to see mickey and maud and that's a good thing is what i'm saying you know yeah if the death of physical media also means the death of blake edwards filmography who's to say whether it's good or bad okay number six for me is holmes and watson it's yeah. a bad one unfunny i still remember being outside of academy cinemas one day and seeing you after you just walked out of Holmes and Watson, and I, I missed the screening, and just I remember how defeated you looked. There was a moment where I was like, maybe you've seen too many movies. Maybe you've got to slow down. <laughs> um, um, but my uh, my number six is Over Her Dead Body. Oh yeah, I'm, I like that film more than you, but I don't yeah. disagree with any of your points. One of the moments in recording this podcast I remember most vividly was doing that episode and like trying to describe the end of Over Her Dead Body, and as I was talking about the last five minutes of that movie, realizing how evil I thought it was. Yeah, it uh, is. It's, it's a good episode. Check it out. It's back there in our BC. Next for me, number five, bottom half of the. This is these are the shit leagues. Yeah, food fight. Uh, it's uh, yes, just uh, food fight yeah. is number five for me. It is the thing you cannot capture about food fight because we can all watch compilations of the worst bits. <laughs> is that the whole film is all worst bits? Yeah, in a relentless and shapeless way that feels like an assault it is it is genuinely it is 
Yeah, I, it I, I, twangs I'm, on your nerves. I'm pretty sure I mentioned this in, in the episode, but like every single scene in Food Fight introduces a new character who looks more like a scrotum than anything earlier in the movie. <laughs> and, then, and then the next scene is yeah, like, no, yes. you, you, you think you've seen scrotums? You've seen nothing? Yes. <laughs> you think you've seen... Anyway, uh, good joke, Finn. Uh, next for me... Blood Rain 2 Deliverance. Uh, ding, ding, ding. Same. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's it's a real dark timeline. Um, uh, no good. And it is, like, the heartbreaking thing I think about, because, like, this era of Uwe Bollism, where uh, that film exists because he found, like, a fucking Western set and was like, I will get together x million dollars which will allow me to shoot for 10 days and i will just make a shit film uh and but i will make enough money to pay my rent for a year and or or mortgage now let's say you uve ball has a mortgage at least i'm 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 guessing he's got a mortgage but, he, he, I mean, he, he's 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 got he's got to buy you know all, all of his boxing gloves so he can keep punching critics. Um. Oh, absolutely. And they're all gold, golden <laughs> gloves bowl. Um, but is that there are so many people when given those resources and even this patch, like Blood Rain Two Deliverance needs a corman, a corman to find mm. some like crazy group of people and just yeah. be like. All I need is two scenes of tits, one fight, and two showdowns, and the lead woman is a vampire hunter. You have ten days make me a film. Because yeah. at least we'd get something interesting rather than... God damn you, yeah, and, as like as as bad and as cheap as a lot of those common... As, as a lot of those common movies are, like a, a, a shitload of great directors came out of working for him. And yeah. there are no, like, great actors or great writers or, you know, great anything that, 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 that came out of the industry that Uwe Boll propped up for two decades. And you won't see Blood Rain 2 Deliverance being remade as a musical where <laughs> it shows that, like, the freeness with the idea bared some fruit, you know? Yeah. Uh, so what next number three on my list that I have just closed on my phone right in my hands the test uh, yep same Jeremy Savile's the test it makes me feel very depressed he makes all these jokes and hurts lots of folks all because he wants to have sex man I'm, I'm looking at the poster again and his fucking face on the poster is one of the most irritating things I've ever seen <laughs> It is like, like I, I am not a big fan of punchable face discourse. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, absolutely oh, with you. But like, yeah, oh. I'm with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The thing I think the thing that needs to be underlined about uh, Un Cinema de Seville uh, is like the fact that he is someone who is grossly overreaching. He's like an egomaniac who is grossly overreaching in terms of his skill as both a writer, an actor, and a director of films. Yes. There are loads of films that are like that, that are ultimately charming or interesting. That I'm not, I'm not looking at this film and going, oh, he had no money or no time at bad. The thing that is bad is Jeremy Savile himself. Yeah, it, 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 it is, is that it is bad frame. It is ways that he is bad. Well, and the very fact that the, the test 
and uh, I mean, what I've seen of Shanique, what is it, Shaniqua? Uh, lo- uh, Loquisha. Yeah, what I what I have seen. Thank you, Finn. Because like we are now at a point in society where, where you can't really make fun of someone for being called Shaniqua anymore. So we had to yeah. come up with a like a, a, a stereotypically black name, which uh, which he could make fun of. Yeah, um, between um, the test and what I've seen of Loquisha, um, they are worse than all of the worst, you know, the famously bad films. They are yeah. worse than The Room. They are worse than Troll 2. And the only reason they ha- don't have midnight screenings, why it's not Birdemic 2 or whatever, or Sharknado, is that because Savile's heart is so dark and he means so ill that it spoils them so it's all the pain of bad films with none of the pressure release of ridiculousness yeah it's like a psychonauts level except you're in the head of like a masturbating steroid kangaroo like (laughs) it's it's like they suck but not because they're badly made is what I'm is my key point hmm. second from the bottom the Sarkeesian effect ding ding inside ding. the world of social justice warriors it's not just badly made it is and not just wrong it is uh, incurious like yeah. it is it is it is like, the no, worst it's, propaganda it's, i've it, ever yeah, seen it, it's 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 the exact same problem as as the jeremy savile movies and it's just not like and like the sarkeesian effect would be so much more entertaining if they had just given a shit about how it looks and moves yeah. <laughs> like like as mu- like I would be like you should not check out the Sarkeesian effect it's a hilarious 90 minutes of, of people who are wrong yeah. describing who they are wrong um, but at least they've got enough coverage and the sound is okay you know whereas it's just torture which is like the last film on my list which is Crash uh, what is yeah. Uh, I I'm going to read on on uh, on Twitter.com. It's a social media platform uh, upon which uh, I, I I appear um, I appear uh, as myself, Euther Dean, and I undertook. You know, there was a list of questions about movies and uh, yep. how many likes. I'll answer this this number of questions. I'm I'm stalling so I can find it on my phone. Is mainly what I'm doing here. And I decided, because um, I'm a show-off and just uh, desperately working so hard to perform the idea of being a cultured person, that uh, even as it all kind of falls apart, uh, I I have to be clever. I have to be seen to be a a good, cool, and a fun one. I decided to answer all of them with limericks. And I wrote, uh, in response to the prompt... Worst film of all time. Not worst idea. We know what that is. (laughs) Of the so many films that I bash, there are few on which I would slash, but the gift of my piss I give to Haggis, (laughs) I fucking hate his vile film Crash. Um, yeah, no, he, uh, 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 it's a, uh, a bad film that does a bad thing badly. Um, it is... 
It's got an incredible cast of people, all of them giving the worst performances of their lives. Except playing. for Michael Pena. Oh, yeah, but Michael Pena doesn't have a worst performance in his life. The dude shone in the fucking um, f- uh, Fantasy Island film. What is it called? <laughs> like, it's, 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 it's called Fantasy Island. Yeah, it is called Fantasy Island. Um, I was getting a mix up in my head with the Fantasy Suites in uh, The Bachelor. It's where they fuck. Oh. Yeah. Well, sometimes Ooh. they do. There's a lot of... Anyway. Um, oh, maybe I'll have to check out this show. This sounds good. So... There's fucking on it. <laughs> well, well we were. Anyway, uh, what is bottom of your list? Uh, the bottom of my list is Neil Breen's five film retrospective. The worst thing I've ever seen in my life. Do tell. Um, uh, we, we did a whole episode about it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, it, it, it makes me sad and it hurts me. And it is, the, it, it is five, it is over five hours of the least charismatic man ever captured on celluloid. Yeah. Um, I, I, I was, I was watching the, a couple of days ago, the, the HD upscales of, uh, 1974 Doctor Who Adventure, the Ark in Space. No, sorry. It was Revenge of the Cybermen. I'm such an idiot. Oh, I, I, um, and they arrive on on, a, on Nerva Beacon, which has been overtaken by a plague, and they represent this by uh, just having lots of shop window dummies dressed up as corpses all over the floor. And cool. uh, the, the restoration team have done incredible work. This upscale, they've done a really good job. You can really, really tell that these people who've been bitten by cybermats and are now mannequins on the ground they are more charismatic on screen than Neil Breen <laughs> describing his own films with incomprehensible lies. Like, it is... It is so... There's no... I... I I was going to be like, the only achievement you get for having seen it is having seen it. But, no, it that, made, but that's not an achievement. And it made, like, my reaction, because, again, I've got it at zero, outside of the list, outside of time. Yeah. Uh, um, and I, I had to describe that film and Neil Breen to, to my therapist, who I pay to see, because it had genuinely shaken a lot of my thoughts in terms of, like, who should be allowed into the creative process. Like, Neil Breen was so bad at trying to make a film to encourage other people to make films that he very nearly made me be like, I just need to go be a baker, you know? I think you'd be a good baker. No, I'm so lazy. (laughs) I'm so lazy, Finn. I'm lazy as well, but I'm I'm good at baking. I'm Finn. (laughs) I don't think, like, you'd have to, like... I can't like maybe I really dream of it or like a postman or yeah. um, I don't know what are, what what are most of those people at the end running in circles in the wicker man like that looks like a fun job <laughs> the, not the uh, ones think, who have the ring of swords yeah <laughs> yeah I want to be like Sherlock Holmes I'm gonna become a beekeeper top tens ten to one yeah 
My number 10 is Twin Peaks Fire Walk With Me. What a brilliant film. It, uh, I played quite a lot of games of like, oh, I've already got a film by them up there. So I've got... Um, uh, Twin Peaks would certainly be in my top 10 if not for uh, other forthcoming information. So I've got Fire Walk With Me at number 20, but Cheryl Lee... Uh, one of yeah. the great modernist performances. Yeah, uh, exactly. Ray Wine's another one of the great performances. Uh, An and incredible soundtrack by Angela Badlamenti. Uh, and uh, just makes me... The last time I saw Fly Walk With Me, I saw it in the theatre. And uh, I almost cried four different times, and each time was due to a different emotion. It is just one of the most insanely powerful movies I've ever seen in my life. And... Uh, I will watch it uh, so many more times. Uh, this was uh, my limerical response, uh, uh, and this is another limerick I wrote. They are all generally asking favourite things. Mm. With favourites, it's easy to flinch. Exclusions make one feel a Grinch. But in terms of direction, there's no purer perfection than the genius of David Lynch. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he, uh, yeah, he, he fucking gets it. My number ten. This is a waltz. Thinking about our bodies. That's right, everybody. It's the Suspiria <laughs> Superior. Suspiria 2018. Everything yeah. Finn just said about Fire Walk With Me, change the names, and it applies for me to this film. We've we spent nearly three hours on it. Go listen to that. But I, I fucking love that film. What's your number nine, Finn? Uh, my number nine is Yee Yee by Edward Yang. Uh, yeah, for uh, for similar uh, for tw- Twin Peaks similar reasons, I have uh, Yee Yee down at twenty five. I could not have mm-hmm. a top twenty five without Yee Yee in it. Yeah, but shit, it would like. I love doing this podcast. Uh, it's it's a highlight of my week. But even if this was drudgery that I hated looking forward to. I would do it because so early we saw Yee Yee and was like, th- these are the high watermarks we can hit. Yeah. And it's like, uh, what I'm saying is, Finn, I don't hate you or the podcast, <laughs> but if I did, I would still do it. <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? You know yeah, what I'm yeah. saying, right? My number nine, uh, 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 basically in lieu of all of his westerns, it is Once Upon a Time in the West. Hmm. which is like I'm I'm pretty down on throughout the episode but uh, you cannot have a top 10 films uh, uh, without a Sergio Leone Western in them it would be like making cutting acid out of salt fat heat and acid you know like yeah um, yeah and do I think it's his best no but it's but that is like oh no a merely fine uh what are those gold those gemmed eggs oh, Fabergé. Um, yeah you think it's like an okay Fabergé egg yeah yeah but it's still like you know we're listing kinds of eggs here we gotta have one <laughs> um what is your number eight my number eight is robert altman's nashville oh i love uh, it i, 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 oh, I think this was Nashy. the first altman that i that i saw yeah. And I've seen a few more since then, and yeah, he is very, very quickly becoming 
one of my favorite filmmakers and i there have been a bunch of times recently where i've just gone on youtube and watched songs from nashville and oh god it's so like the 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 scene where keith carradine sings i'm easy while staring at lily tomlin in the bar incredible the final scene the uh final scene where barbara harris sings it don't worry me possibly the best ending to any film uh just uh, like it says everything that there is to be said about uh, about American culture and politics in, in the mid seventies. Um, uh, yeah, no, I I have it down at twenty four. Uh, it is. Uh, uh, I feel weird about it being Altman's inclusion on the list, just because I think I think Mesh and Shortcuts and as like a connoisseur's choice, Gosford Park are, mm. are markedly better, but it's right. still an in, like. That is like, oh, I, I got a fish burger from the chicken place. You know, like you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. yeah it's uh, it's exquisite. I was looking at uh, a couple of days ago, a guy um, has uh, aggregated almost all the top film lists, including all the individual entries for the sight and sound for the sight and sound <laughs> list, um, and, and like the list it's closest to is the sight and sound one so i think we chose well but um nashville is surprisingly high up and i'm like yeah you can't argue like 70s hollywood brought a lot of good and a lot of ill and nashville uh, is makes that all earned in a cultural sense you know what i mean like not anyway and also Geraldine Chaplin uh, in that movie is uh, giving uh, one of the all-time great comedy performances. Uh, yeah. oh, she, is, she is so fucking funny in that movie, yeah, playing the most so irritating good. person who's ever lived. Um, but still a person, like not yeah. a character. Number eight on my list, we will be revisiting when we get round to our, 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 our sequel or integral series, The Fast Bender and the Furious Bender. Yeah. Um, and, and it's Ali, Fear Eats the Soul, probably like purely on romance terms, my, my, my favourite... It's my favorite, what I'd call a romance film. Yeah. Um, uh, with two incredible performances, this Fassbinder has this exquisite understanding of how to um, work for his budget. And, and that, so this whole film, it's largely sound like three sets, you know? Uh, yeah, yeah. And, and like every time you, you know, you meet a new set, you're like, oh, well, I'll get at least 10 more minutes of scenes here because they'll have to have shot here for the whole day. But it never, fe- it has to be that way. Like I was talking about last week with Pather Pan Charlie. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's great stuff. Check it out. Um, no, uh, no, no, oh, the, uh, oh, the, yeah. the, the, the very specific accolade I want to give it is it was the first film after we watched it for this podcast where I was like, oh, I got to buy it now. Yeah, yeah. Gonna, like, of course, I got to own that. Well, and and also, I think that that that, that on 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 that episode, I think we 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 like we 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 watched the films in, in reverse order, and so we yeah. had just seen the test, and then we watched Ali Vera's yeah. for Soul, and that is about the like the sharpest shift in quality that you can possibly experience between two films. I 
Oh, yeah, watch Force Majeure then. No, no, downhill isn't. Anyway. Um, uh, yeah, and, and uh, the, the yeah. audio of that recording is totally fucked as well. That is yes. amongst an early run of board, borderline inaudible ones. And as you can tell, we've gotten slowly better-ish. Um, can't wait until... I've got, I've got a setup now where you can have headphones, so you'll be able to tell how close to the mic to be. Can't wait until we're back in the same room. Um, Number seven on my list is yeah. Close Up by Abbas Karastami. Oh, a bus! Just a um, like uh, massive eye opener for me seeing this movie and and like watching those like early Kiarostami films in rapid succession in the lead up to it. Just uh, beautiful and exquisite and so so like complicated in how it in, in like how in how it like observes and expresses human emotion. Uh, I love everything about it. Um, it is uh, number 15 on my list uh, and, and it, yes it is genuinely a new kind of uh, uh, it is so open to being false that there is nothing that feels realer like it moves past being a documentary because it's not and mm. moves into just being about truth in a way that feels revelatory it's uh it's insane and it is just on like my like the list leading up to that for me is so 11 fanny alexander modern times paid the bench ali sherlock jr close up m and it's like yeah those are the foundational bricks of modern cinema kind yeah. like you know like uh, that's them all together number seven on my list is the third man yeah yeah it's like uh, uh, extra, extra. Two white men on podcast think third man uh, deserves deserves accolades. Good looking, comma intelligent, comma Orson Welles star turn. Extra, extra. But I like it, it. Like it's it is good. Like mm. it. Like of course it's the fucking third man, and it's the third man for a reason. Yeah. And there are so many films around it that you can watch that aren't the third man <laughs> and like feud it's not like which it's not just a representative of the of film noir films that they're picking no it is one of if not the best I, I yeah i i i think there is only one better and that is the next film on the list which is um my number six the night of the hunter and mm. um yeah, which I just think is, uh, uh, yeah, everything that's good about film. Yeah. Uh, it, it is, uh, and Lawton looking across the whole of cinema up until that point and using all the skills available. I think, yeah, it's just uh, incredible. What's number six on your list? Uh, number six on my list is Sunset Boulevard by Billy oh, Wilder. another incredible noir. Yeah. I mean, and, yeah, I... I absolutely love billy wilder and it uh, but i i i've mostly seen like comedies from him and yes seeing him in this mode this like this this like this this, like strange haunted melancholy is uh so great and all all of the all of these performances are fantastic gloria swanson amazing eric von stroheim is like yeah incredible Yeah, and be like, it, it, and, and be like, fact that Eric von Stroheim 
is essentially playing himself, like you know, play, play, playing playing the the former director who gave the the, the young star her break, and and when when he was the director who gave Gloria Swanson her break, and. Yeah, and, and and being being haunted by the damage that he that he'd done to this woman all those years later, uh, in, in, incredible stuff. Yeah, I I I my one I have it you know I have it in I, I think my high thirties, mm. but that but that is because uh, yeah the major mark it is twenty nine. Um, the major mark against it for me is that it's about film and yeah. it is it, it, this and Mulholland Drive, which are the same film, um, uh, the way that Tenant is Tenant backwards. Um, are, are the films that get the closest to being about film and me not being like, oh, you should have just, come on. You know, mm. there's... Yeah. Um, uh, and it is like his ability, and like if it was The Apartment, which I think does emotionally and, and in some ways thematically all the same things as mm. Sunset Boulevard, uh, and they both have that very particular skill of being incredibly mellow and bittersweet films that also focus on uh uh, propose and offer genuine love between characters that you buy like so it is like this is a film that is sarcastic but is still able to get you to buy love when so many films that have that tone you end up being like oh come on be come on be nice come on we know you don't think they deserve to be together um, if yeah, and so what I'm saying is, I think the apartment kind of they're very different films. But if it was the apartment rather than Sunset Boulevard, or rather than Soon, Some Like It Hot, we're still uh, are working out when we can be in the same room as that guest. Um, it would be in a very similar position. Yeah. Anyway, um, what's number five on your list? Number five on my list is Position by Andrzej Zhulowski, one of the scariest films ever made, probably my favorite performance of all time. Uh, we talked about it a lot uh, a couple of episodes ago. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, go back uh, and check it out. It's a major psychic event. Um, I like, like, holy shit, but there's a whole real, really good episode about that. Um, number five on my list children of men um which is all kind of my big nostalgia pick it's certainly my biggest this film came out when i was 15 and a little too young for it pick Mm. that everyone has i think it is peerless in on every level in the thing in terms of craft making getting 70 million dollars and making this like holy shit but also like they fucking called it like watch children of men and then look at what in 2004 three four five then look at what the world was actually like then because there are so many bits of children of men where you're like oh yeah that's just parodying you know this approach of ukip in the uk and you're like no no no, what they called it this was first it's it, it is um and uh uh clive owen deserves uh uh an a lifetime achievement award just for that film alone what's number four on your list top four uh number four is a brighter summer day by eddie yang yeah i it is that day bright one 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 of the only uh, four-hour films where you immediately go oh yeah i want to watch it again as soon as you're done watching it um 
uh, here's another uh, <clears throat> uh, uh, another limerick I wrote. And the answer, the prompt was, a film everyone should see. <clears throat> to build us an earth undummer, turn to the deepest heart plumber. Everybody should hang with the films of Ed Yang, like his beautiful day in bright summer. Yeah, it's just, uh, like, it's a four-hour film uh, about kid gangs and then adult gangs. Um, but really, it's about everything... And it is um, a monumental work, the scale of Ulysses or um, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy or, you know, Beethoven's Ninth yeah. uh, uh, Figaro, like uh, uh, Guernica. Like this is a major unit within the art we are discussing. It is, it is vital watching. And I don't understand anyone who once you've got to tune into it, but once you're in it, you're fucking on it. You know, mm. number four, is that your number four? Yeah. My number four is Agira, the wrath of God. Yeah. Um, because like just fucking, yeah, of course, like there's got to be Herzog somewhere. This is probably his best, um, at least of the ones I've seen. Uh, Klaus Kinski giving the first like supernatural acting performance it is it's furious and it's hilarious and it's watchable and it's repellent it's just it's everything you could want in a film uh, my top three are all films that you've mentioned already yeah so uh, I, I might just run all three of them down we're in similar situations I have a new one for number three which okay. is Blue Velvet Blue Velvet the reason um fire walk with me is not in the top 10 uh yeah he's he's the best director that's probably his best film unless you count the whole of twin peaks um and, and yeah it, it is like frank like holy like <laughs> holy shit like just watch it yeah. it's it's incredible number two what's your number two uh. No, oh, what's your number? Sorry, I apologize. What's your number three, Finn? Uh, my my number three is the Third Man. Uh, uh, yeah. I love film noir. This is probably the best example of it, and I love Orson Welles. And this is maybe the best example of it. Every moment of this movie, I could just live in forever. From the first moments of the Ziva score by Anton Karas to the final moments of credits, it's just beautiful from start to finish. And that moment when that light turns on and you see Orson Welles' face for the first time is, I think, maybe my favorite moment in any, in any movie ever. It is just... It, it, is, it is everything I want out of movies. My number two, we've already discussed. Uh, it is A Brighter Summer Day yeah. by Edward Yang. Uh, what's your number two? Uh, my number two is Once Upon a Time in the West. Uh, Sergio Leone is probably my favorite. Is probably my favorite director. Uh, I yeah, and and uh, I, uh, I I I have a hard time sometimes figuring out which of his films is my favorite. It sort of it goes between Good, Bad, and the Ugly, Once Upon a Time in the West, and Once Upon a Time in America. 
But I think for, for, for the past year or so, I've, uh, Once Upon a Time in the West has been kind of set as, as, as my favorite. I think the reason why it's, why it's my favorite of his films, which is, I think, also the reason why you don't like it as much, is, I mean, it, it's the one that... It, it, it is the one that do, does the fun revisionist Western adventure stuff, but also manages to combine it with actual social ideas, which for like everything that I love about The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly... It is a movie set during the Civil War, which essentially entirely ignores uh, the Civil War, which, I mean, is, is a fine enough choice, I guess, but it's sort of difficult to reckon with sometimes. But I, I, think, I, I think Once Upon a Time in the West is, like all of Leone's films, one of the most beautiful looking films ever shot. And one is. of the best films ever cut like the yeah. thing when when people talk about it, what i think about is their opening 10 to 15 minute long sequence which is essentially three guys at a train station waiting for someone to arrive they wait for about five minutes yeah, with, then the person with, with with no dialogue no just dialogue. the sound of water dripping and buzzing flies um then the guy turns up they exchange like one or two words and then they have a showdown that lasts another five minutes. And it is 100% enrapturing, gripping cinema. It yeah. is, it is, Leone, his craft is so on point. It fucking honks. What's your number one? Uh, my number one is Ali Ferrets for Soul. What a filmer. Yeah, now, this was uh, one of my like uh, first real introductions to world cinema and art cinema, and I haven't really stopped thinking about it for the past, you know, four years since since, since I saw it for the first time. It, it is everything you said before is is completely true about about like about those about how great those two performances are, and well, and I, all the other performances around yeah. them as well, of course. Yeah, and I, I just, I, I, yeah, and it is a like, it is a really touching and compelling romance, but also really, really digs down into like into like the immigrant experience in 1970s Germany and the yeah, after so effects of Nazism on 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 both older and younger people in Germany and yeah it, it uh, yeah it it, it 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 combines you know it, it combines like Douglas Sirk classic 50s melodrama with with Brechtian theater and the absolute and, and the absolute like bleakest of 70s art cinema it's it's everything it's it's perfect yeah at, at the same time as being a a a bittersweet complicated but still like pure and clear dyed pion to romance yeah like the ali fear eats the soul like I cannot argue with it being number one on your list. And especially because now the fact that in in the 70s, Fassbinder was making a film which is, I was about to say to be reductive, but it's not. This is what that film is about. It's about a million other things, but its top line is this. Just because they said they were gone, Nazis are still around, and yeah. the only way to defeat them is to love each other. And that, I think, is a, 
uh, a profoundly brave thing for him to say at the time and it is a profoundly vital thing to say now and uh, and my number one film i want to say through um <clears throat> i got a little thing uh, prepared a look so quick a movement so slight you could almost imagine it didn't just happen but everything will change and just one look one little glance it's not passing fascination now it's possession uh-huh it, it's possession it's possession uh-huh it's possession it's possession and it's physical it's like standing on the edge your blood starts to pump because you're worried you might jump your head throbbing like a heart and your heart throbbing like a drum and the drums throbbing like the point is just to go ahead and jump it's possession uh-huh it's possession it's possession uh-huh it, it's 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 possession there's only one way out a look so quick a movement so slight oh it's not passing fascination now its possession those were the lyrics to the okay go song obsession <laughs> which is what i'm always thinking of when i call possession obsession they also i think stand as a pretty good description of the film possession <laughs> um which is yeah a, a new part of my consciousness uh that yeah no listen to the episode um uh, uh obviously that episode is a bit deliberately snooker loopy but uh, I, I am genuine in saying that it was a major psychic event for me. Um, uh, so I, I realized for a long time that I hadn't, I was one under on the list. Mm. And, I, and I realized it was possession. Uh-huh, it's possession, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and that's because I hadn't logged it on Letterboxd. I'm very judicious otherwise. But like just the just thinking about it, thinking about the fact that I've seen it was too much. So I had to go back. And it, yeah, it, well, these lists change. We should check back in the future. Mm. But but that's who we are. Uh, welcome to Shite and Sound. <laughs> My name is Yutha Shite. And I'm Finn Sound Nicholas. I am a, a 34-year-old writer and, um, yeah, I'm a 34-year-old writer. And who are you, Finn? Uh, I am a 24-year-old layabout. You're uh, let's call you a comedian because uh, you're very funny. Sure. I've done uh, one gig in the past two years, essentially. Yeah, uh, that's it was, it was, more than most comedians. Oh, uh, it, was, it was my comeback gig as well. It was, it was I, I did great. And then... Uh, uh, and then uh, someone decided to uh, let the coronavirus into this fucking country uh, just to ruin uh, my uh, my just to ruin my comedy comeback. That piece of shit. Hello and welcome to Shite and Sound, the podcast where two comedians watch one of the masterpieces of world cinema and then follow it up with a critically reviled film that is similar in some way. Maybe they share themes, plot, actors or director. We want to see if counterpointing these two films can bring out some new information or insights. On this episode, we watched number 42 on the Sight and Sound list, Roberto Rossellini's Journey to Italy, an intimate exploration of a marriage in crisis set against the architecture and archaeology of southern Italy. Our second film this week is Downhill, Nat Faxton and Jim Rash's remake of Force Majeure, a lukewarm dramedy set against the mountains of Austria. 
What version of Journey to Italy did you watch there, Finn? Uh, I watched uh, uh, I watched the Criterion version. So 85 minutes long and in English? Uh, no, I... I, I uh, oh, yes, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I watched the English one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As in, they, the, it, it's all dubbed in either English or Italian. This is yeah. another case of a film where there's not actually a correct answer mm. as to whether it is um, which language it should be in. There was even a case of where the, like, like all of the actors who could speak both languages dubbed themselves in both languages and but it got to the point where there's even like there is a subtitled version of the italian dub subtitled into english Uh, this film never did well Uh, Mm. uh, it was a critical and commercial failure it was released in many forms across the english world which uh makes sense because uh, this is a lovely film, uh, uh, I, I yeah. like it a lot. As I said, it, it's at number thirty-four of all the films we've watched so far. This is strong fucking shit. This mm. film, but it is like Playtime, I deliberately hostile in some ways to audiences. Do you agree? Uh, yeah. I was going to try and watch some Billy Rossellini for this, which, which like, I've, I've always been mean to get around to, but I, I uh, didn't end up uh, doing that. But, like, I've seen clips of Rome Open City and Germany Year Zero, which are two hallmarks of Italian neorealism. And, and th- th- this doesn't really feel like an, an, a, a neorealist film. It, it feels like Rossellini trying to make a much more classical film, but, like, digging more into, into the, like, weirdness of... Uh, the, 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 the like underside of of more classical filmmaking modes. Yeah, it, it is of I I I know I have seen others of his films, but not for a while. And I think like it will have been, you know, some Open City or Germany Year Zero or Stromboli. Mm. Um, I just can't. But like this is I think I think this film's greatest legacy beyond the fact that in it in and of itself is good. This is not mm. me arguing from from effect why it's good that it made other good things happen. It's good in and of itself. This is nineteen fifty four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 1954, and this was a real um, locus point for the critics that became the Nouvelle Vague. Uh, 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 Godard loved it, Truffaut loved it, all of their mates loved it. And and you can kind of, people have described it as the wellspring of of the avant-garde. Yeah. Um, And you can kind of see that while being distinct, but like it is, like it's all, it's like the source code is here. Yeah, it feels like one of the inflection points for for, for the French New Wave, in, in, in that it, it is yeah t- t- taking this very like this type of story which has been told many many times before, and it is essentially doing a jazz set. It, it is taking all, all of the like you know a, a, a film about a, a, about like a marriage in crisis is going to hit like these sorts of points, and yeah. it, 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 it hits all those points. But the moments in between those points, it will take time to like. just like live with them rather than to like move plot forward yeah it absolutely plays like a jazz set and to that end like the impression i very quickly got with this film i very quickly developed a a fan theory almost watching it as to like how and why this film exists which i made myself not look up until i had seen it but over the course of this film i became absolutely certain that 
this film had been made that, that journey to Italy, voyage, journey, journey. Yeah. Uh, journey. And, and, and the, uh, the, 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 the name in Italian is Viaggio in, uh, is, is Viaggio in, in Italia. But when it's translated into English, it's usually translated as Journey to Italy. Yeah, indeed. Um, Journey to Italy, because Bertolucci at this point, he's made some films, you know? He's got... Rossellini. I'm sorry. Um, Rossellini, um, I've definitely called him Bertolucci already in the episode. Um, And, like, there's a clear comparison there. But anyway, uh, um, Rossellini... Uh, had made a couple of films by this point. They're all beautiful. I was sure the Italian government had been like, I want, can you shoot for us a tourist ad? We will fund a film for you. You can have whatever plot you want in the film. You just have to have, of the 90 minutes of the film, 20 minutes, um, you know, uh, 10 of those minutes have to be at Pompeii. We can put a, a um, we can put a demonstration on for you and you have to use some of that. You have to go to these tourist spots to show off this country. I don't, who gives a shit about what the plot is? And his response yeah. was like, I will do that. And the plot will be this very loose adaptation of a Colette novel. That's right, Kira Knightley herself. Well, I mean... It, it's a novella, so probably Kira Weekly. That's um, how long it takes me to read a novella, because uh, I'm falling apart. What good humour. Anyway. Um, I mean, it, it's, 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 it's uh, 227 pages. Yeah, it's a novella. Yeah, you could publish yeah. that on its own or in a collection. Yeah, that seems about mm-hmm. right. And, and that is about a an old middle-aged married couple who seem to have fallen out of love are very remote from each other when they talk they bicker and they're like let's spend this fucking vacation apart and they both get tempted in different ways but then ultimately kind of decide to stick together and and against the background of like tourist trap italy shot in the most beautiful way ever that is that is um and I want to be clear, I immediately Googled, that is absolutely not what happened. No. Uh, Bertolucci had the idea himself, but it has that vibe. It, ha- it has the vibe of something where where he is fucking something up. Like, he has been given an opportunity, and he's like, I'm going to m- kind of make you regret giving me this opportunity. Um do you know what I'm saying? Do you understand yeah, that, yeah. the kind of vibe? that, And that's the kind of vibe it has. And obviously... Um, uh, the the leads Ingrid Bergman and George Sanders, who's credited as Georges Sanders, uh, possibly for the only time in his career. I can't remember it uh, being noted anywhere else. Uh, yeah, are the the Joyces, Catherine and Alexander, Catherine and Alex, um, who are not having a good time in their relationship, are they, Finn? No, they have come to Italy in order to settle the estate of Alex's uncle, who had uh, who's died recently. Yeah. He spent the last like forty years of his life living in Italy ever since World War One, and uh, they are away from home for the first time together, and uh, away from you know they're they're a you know pretty rich couple, and they are away from you know their like social circle for the first time. They're away from parties and friends, and they realise oh yeah we don't actually like each other. 
we've got nothing in common we don't yeah. care about each other yeah and yeah and they, they, they just realized it, it, it is unpleasant for us to talk and be around each other yeah this and and now and now we are stuck in this country where like we are the only people we can talk to uh, essentially because uh, everyone else is italian and uh, we don't know any of that because we're uh, uh uh english so we, we, we don't care about learning other languages yeah, they're, they're, they're not uh, the most honourable or easy-to-love protagonists. No. Um, and, and that's one of the really key things, uh, I think, that that filters out of this film into into the forthcoming Nouvelle Vague. Yeah. Um, I, I think there's quite a lot you can see of, I, I guess, uh, uh, films operating on a basis of being like, here are people, you're watching a film. Just watch them. You don't have to care about them. You just have to understand. You just have to like understand them. Yeah. You know, and you understand both of these people as unpleasant as they are to each other and themselves. Like the the miracle of this film is the sense of that you're just you're spending time like ob- an ob- another obvious descendant of it is uh, Linklater's Before Trilogy which uh, is, like, one of the few things with a good chance of of toppling, you know, possession at the top of that list, or, you know, Mm. um, which also have this sense of, like, they just made up people who are as real as we are, they they just happen to be fictional, and we spend time with them, you know? And and how much it lands that is, is... or inspiring yeah. just to, to, they, to they, not they, they, they always talk like they are people rather than characters who are trying to move a plot forward or, or like yeah. or, or, or like to complete some arc that a writer has imagined for them yeah yeah, yeah. They're, 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 they're just people yeah yeah the writing and the performances and the direction like all, all exist to like ground you in, in the like reality of, 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 of these characters yeah and, and, and these characters on this particular in in like this moment it feels like there's the mike lee thing of like you get the sense that you could kind of pick any other similar stretch of time of these people's lives and get an equally interesting film like there there's a sense that we are coming into something that has started and that will definitely move on after we've seen it if this film doesn't feel like a frame around the story it feels like a really carefully cut window into it that you know if we were magic you know we could peer through we could go like oh what was it like and and that that feeling is 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 a hallmark of realism and and the fact that this film decides to go so muted with it and like fucking fair dues hooray for that um makes that seem almost otherworldly like he's doing realism so hard that it kind of stops being real you know the film looks which is to say both its mise-en-scene and the intention between how you know how it chooses its shots both how it looks and what it looks like um feel really unique yeah. And, and, and that, that is the key thing in this film that re- you can really feel in, in, in how it frames things, how long it holds scenes. You can feel this is kind of the clearinghouse halfway between, um, 
you know, L'Enfant du Paradis and uh, Pierre Le Fou. Mm. Um, and the, the, there's obvious, the, there's almost a Gertrudean obsession with, with dwelling in the artificialness of a moment. Like, they're always, like, there's their first long conversation is in a car and they just spend so long in that car that's definitely not really there uh, bumping into things and then go into location footage sometimes. It's, mm. it, it, but it feels so... Oh, it's just so precise and so yeah. lovely. And all of the driving stuff, the actual driving feels real because the be like the be like way the shots are edited like when it like cuts to outside it, it takes great pains to like really put you inside these two characters subjectivity and make you feel like when it cuts to exterior footage it, it, it is not just some b-roll they had it is that character looking out the window and in this early part when it's just the Italian countryside it feels like that and I mean like later on there are a bunch of scenes of Ingrid Bergman driving around Naples and 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 and, and like oh, they out, look so and, and, good. and looking out at the streets oh. and yeah it, it, a lot of this is uh, how good an actress Ingrid Bergman is but also and, and uh, all, a part of, of it is that feel Na- real. And, and, oh. 100% on that but also part of that is that like Naples and Naples in the 50s in black and white <laughs> is such is so good it looks oh, so absolutely yeah. and, and like this was the point where I was like yeah obviously like this is beautiful but you don't do this if it's not a tourism film if you're <laughs> not like they had to um, and obviously there's the bit later at Pompeii which is a great scene but you can could very easily be a scene that was written um, because they had to have a demonstration of recovering bodies at Pompeii in the film. Yeah, um, uh, it, yeah, it, it, it kind of feels like it, it, it kind of feels like Mamma Mia two at points, where you're just like, oh yeah, you just got like the the, the like best cinematographer in the world to to shoot incredible scenic footage of this Greek island. Well, and there are a couple of really weird, abrupt kind of transitions in, like, uh, uh, she, uh, um, Bergman's character looks through some catacombs, uh, and there's this wonderful old guy who's just a local, just showing her around, and, and there's a bit where she's like, oh, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, go back up, I'm gonna go upstairs, see the view from up here, and he's like, nah, it's too windy, bye! And this character who has been speaking, has been, like, the lead of the film for, like, five minutes, essentially, just in one second leaves. <laughs> and, like, part of you is like, oh, they, they had that guy for one day, they didn't want to pull him back for the location in, in the next scene. But there is also, like, there's a sense of how that and how that can apply as a realistic idea within the characters. These are, they're never really meeting anyone. Everyone is yeah. just brushing past each other. And they're constantly put in situations where they have to leave or enter very quickly. Like, it's whisking around them. Yeah, like and, that, and, like and they're like, real people trapped in a in an ad slideshow. It's 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 a really distinct feeling that I can't like. I don't know what else it's like. 
you yeah, know? And, and like with our main two characters, pretty much every interaction they have with someone who is not the other one is like transactional in in in, in some way. Like yeah. it, it, it's it's this guide around the catacombs. At one point, Ingrid Bergman goes to a museum, and there is another like there is another man there who just like walks up to her and says like, "I will be your guide around the museum." And, yeah. and insists on guiding her. I mean, yeah, they're, with... they're, and they're, they're all people looking for money, to, yeah. to, to be clear. Like, the transaction isn't even uh, subtextual. Yeah. And, like, with George Sanders, there is a point where he is leaving a bar and he's feeling bad about his marriage. Oh, you know. Yeah, oh. yeah, women, et cetera, yeah, et cetera. His, yeah. his, his wife is fed up with him constantly being shitty to her. But, you know, who, who, who does he see outside this bar? classic italian prostitute great job begging the car to give her good stuff i mean sex worker she seems but anyway not just after we called out the sarkeesian effect on it let us be very clear this woman appears to be a sex worker and not a prostituted woman sure Uh, right yeah sure sure so I was just it was mainly supposed to be a callback rather than Mm. actually correcting you (laughs) uh uh, i apologize uh, but it's mainly your fault for just yep. just being Absolutely a fucking is. idiot. No one, Finn. Yeah, we've talked about how no one likes you, right? Yeah, and yeah, it's no. and it's <laughs> shit like <laughs> that. Let me have it. Give me the blood. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just saying it's it's oh, shit like watched, this. I just watched Gangs in New York the other day. Daniel oh, yes. good actor. Like him a lot. Mm, what's he done recently? Uh, Phantom he, 3, yeah, one of the best a, films of the decade. Yeah, uh, sure. I think these days he uh, mainly gets uh, tattoos and uh, wears uh, uh, very cool uh, uh, black leather motorcycle gear and just sort of walks around uh, looking like that. Great news. Yeah. Great news for everyone involved, I want to be clear. Um, oh, any- yeah, I'm, I'm just, uh, just Googled uh, Daniel D. Lewis leather. Dude, dude's looking, dude's looking great. <laughs> oh my god, fan. He's he's oh man. Um, I I like I don't know why, because obviously what you what like this is an open space for 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 both of us to to explore ourselves. Like this is, you know, a long film journey of two people working out what they like about film, which is such a problematic art form. And, and growing closer as friends as they do it while having some laughs with all of all of that said i do feel within me like a a rabid push to stamp out you looking at those shirtless pictures you know like i don't know why but it feels like it's like rising in me like a phoenix is that how do you that's not great new mate i think i'm the problem there right like no, i the, should uh, the two tabs that i have opened up at the moment are google images daniel day lewis lever and the other one is uh, uh, one, one of the all-time great tweets from a guy called douche main which is pitchfork king pussy eater revolutionizes our perception of bodies and spaces with his hit single goop on your grinch 7.6 <laughs> <laughs> beautiful yeah. work yeah no that okay the the second tab redeems the first <laughs> i no longer have to attempt i can close my window where i've just gone to ask jeeves how to slap someone through computer like editorial cartoon question mark um but this yeah it is it is so like journey to italy 
is 85 minutes long. Mm. Uh, well, it's around an hour and a half. There, there are different cuts. Um, what's the Criterion version? Because uh, it's got the, it's got, you know, like that yeah, little ring yeah, comes yeah. up and you're like Criterion Collection. And then I, uh, Brian was in bed. Films logo. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I was like, that, that's how you know it's really, really good. Yeah. Because um, uh, Janice Films is there. Uh, I mean, it's I got didn't... a card about the restoration and you're like, yes, oh, let me read God. all of this. Please tell oh. me where you found the original sound negatives. Where was how fine grained was this interpause? <laughs> Tell me. <gasps> That's me just jizzing. No, just yeah, jizzing no, I, all I, over I, my computer. I, I got it. Uh, um, but um, it is. Uh, even though you don't have your, your camera turned on, I could tell from sound cues. No, it's gone. And you, you've seen it's gone all white. <laughs> <laughs> Which means I've come. <laughs> Into my uh, laptop, my closed laptop. Uh, leave meeting <laughs> forever. <laughs> it's like, what is, it's Block like, this user. <laughs> um, have you seen? Do you, you used your Google Drives, right? Yeah. Have you noticed how the, recently the, the, it's been the, like the, you can the, block people on it, Google yeah. Drive? Every time you open it, Google Drive, it tells you you can block people. Yeah. And I've got to, I've got to say that it would really uh, like. There's a special parasocial social media pain when you discover someone has blocked you on social media. I And I think discovering that someone had blocked me on Google Drive would end me. Like, my heart would wither like that sped-up footage of a rotting fox head in that moment. Like, it would be so bad. Um, anyway, my initial point, long, long ago... Um, is that Journey to Italy is an 85-minute long film. It is not slow cinema, uh, uh, but it has the the vibe of that where you need to tune into it and kind of slide along with it. Yeah. Uh, you need to kind of, like, rumble along, be okay that it's, it's a jazz set. Um, but I was in the right place, which is to say... Uh, tucked up in bed with some pull apart bread it was great it was a great time I had some coffee did some laundry um but is that complete the thought brain um that makes it really like we've kind of discussed all the major plot beats yeah um there there is an extended bit where with a couple uh, with a bunch of other people watch people being uncovered at pompeii uh and, and the, the people they found are a couple clutching each other and uh, uh um ingrid bergman is so overwhelmed by this that she she breaks into tears and runs away, which leads to kind of the confrontation between them where they say mm. all the quiet bits loud. Um, and But that... And then they kind of, the film ends on a kind of semi-ambiguous note. Mm. And, like, that is kind of all you should know going into that sequence. And it oh, is they, they, the they, last third of the film. Yeah, you know, one of the things I uh, really liked in the movie is, uh, 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 as I said earlier, there are a bunch of times where Ingrid Bergman goes for a drive through through Naples and just like look, look, looking out of the street, and uh, each time is like after a different fight with her husband, essentially. Yeah, and uh, yeah, the, yeah. the 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 first time. Uh, uh, the first time that, that that she does this, the 
uh, anytime she looks out the window, the the, the camera so the, the every time she looks out the window, the camera only focuses on men. She she, she like she she, she 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 is only she she is only she is only looking at men, and and like and anytime a woman walks into view, the camera like cuts away from him or pans away or she honks her horn at them. I mean, the second time she's doing this. After the first fight with her husband, she was feeling like very jealous because he was talking to another woman at dinner last night, and so now she is like viewing all other women as like threats to her. The second time she goes for a drive, anytime she looks out the window, the camera is only focusing on women. I mean, like any men in the frame that time feel like they're intruding. I mean, the third yeah. time that she goes for for a drive, she, she, she is you know thinking she is thinking about the fact that her and her husband never had kids, and and she looks out the window and. First, she sees only pregnant women. That, 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 that's all that exists on, on the streets of Naples. Is just there are like half, half a dozen pregnant women, and then she drives a bit further and she starts to see couples. And there's, there's now like young, there are now like young people in love. There's, there's men and women yeah. together. They're having a great time. And then she drives a bit further, and now it is just women again, and they are all pushing strollers. Uh, it, it is like really honing in on the idea of like. You know, this has been true in, in a lot of places at a lot of times, but, like, at least as far as, like, Ingrid Bergman's character is concerned, men are there uh, for the fun parts. Men are there for the, like, courtship and, and, and the romance. But, like, once, you know, a woman is pregnant or once she has had a baby, she kind of has to take care of that on, on her own. And when she's out pushing the baby, the baby in the stroller, he's not going to be there with her. And yeah, I, I uh, really like what it is uh, doing in all of those scenes. Uh, and then when, when it gets to the final scene, and they're, they're driving away from uh, they're driving away from Pompeii, and they're, they're, driving, they're driving back into Naples. There is like a big uh, jam in the road because there is a uh, there is a religious festival going on. And they get out of the car and start walking up the street to get a better view. And the the only thing I could think was like. Of these two people are just like are just walking through a crowd in the streets of Naples. They they are about they are about to get gunned down by by by, by the mafia. That, that's that's yeah. what happens in this movie. That's that's how it ends. And I was kind of, I was kind of disappointed that it didn't end that way. But. <laughs> uh, 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 I mean, okay, but I mean, mm, that's not that's a bit <laughs> that's a bit far, is what I'll say. Um. You know. Look, I'm, I'm not saying I hate these characters so much I wanted them to die. I'm just saying from filmic convention, when you're walking through a crowd in the streets of Naples, what happens next is you get shot by the mafia. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. I, 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 I absolutely feel it. I feel what you're saying. And, and, I, and, I, and I confess that, that, that... And I understand... No. Uh, I totally understand what you're saying. And I get that it's about, like the feeling of that moment mm. and of course like the real crazy thing is that like the film runs such a specific game that that and one you haven't you're not used to that like yeah re- like it, that doesn't happen spoilers but like it could you know mm-hmm. yeah that makes sense um uh which is uh, wild and crazy stuff imo mm. Uh, if, if, in my humble uh, opinion, um, it yeah, that the feeling of this film, uh, the way that it holds sympathy for both characters, 
while also clearly backing one over the other. Mm. There's not really a sense that 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 George uh, is the good guy. No, but it doesn't. It's not writing him off. You know, mm. this is not a film about a uh, a pointless. Uh, about a quote-unquote like good woman versus a a, a, a negative man. Yeah, uh, as as cool as that would have been, uh, um, it, it is a film about um, uh, how much how close we can be without seeing each other. Yeah, uh, and, and it is what I'm saying, Finn is that out of shite and sound, I consider it sound as, as fuck. Yeah, <laughs> like, I, I, would, I would agree. It is uh, very, very sound. It is. This is... I, 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 uh, I uh, am a big fan of Ingrid Bergman. Uh, yeah. And I, I think this is possibly my favorite performance I've seen from her. I mean, uh, she, it, she, she's fantastic in everything, but like, I think the... the, the, the oh... Yeah, yeah, I think it, I think it might I think it might be this. Yeah, I, and and same for Saunders, who like hmm. he's in Rebecca, he's in yeah. All About Eve. Um, yeah, he, he he's in a Foreign Correspondent. He's in uh, and he's, he, in he, he's in Village of the Panther, Damned, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think oh, he's yeah, in yeah. Curse. Yeah, he he's really yeah. good in Village of the Damned. Um, but this, yeah, no, I think this is two all-time great oh, performances. Oh, I mean, I mean from- ga- ga- Gaslight. I think I think that might be. My favorite Bergman, um, but it's still yeah no I like it, it, it's a close run race, but in my opinion these are yeah the two best performances from two of the best actors, uh, yeah. uh, uh, and while I may not be, I'm not I'm I'm not a hundred percent about uh, this vibe. Hmm. And, and like the key thing to keep talking about is that there is like the comparisons people make between this the other one uh, is is Bertolucci yeah uh, uh, who who we have talked about before and we will talk about again correct um, uh, I, I think uh, both of those are untrue I think we what? we, I we, thought... have, we haven't covered Bertolucci and I don't think there are any on the list. I thought, sorry, one second. Um, I thought Last Tango in Paris was on this list somewhere. Um, okay, so, like, yeah, and Bertolucci is the other great influence, which is kind of, like, luxuriating in moments with, uh... Uh, like kind of attractive people mm. like just to be to be re- to be blunt about it in a way yeah. uh, um, and, and that's good that's good great to line find but it, it's not to my taste there is a, a, a very male gazy aspect to that uh, um, wh- which I really really struggle with and that kind of seeps into this film in a little way Um. Uh, uh, which is what kind of knocks it off being all time for me, but it's still, it's an incredibly strong film. Mm. Uh, Finn, would you be, and it's just like a lot of people invoke Bertolucci, you know, I just mm. thought, 
do you do you see much in that comparison uh i haven't really seen any bertolucci oh yeah they're they're yeah you you kind of get it i think is Uh, is what i would uh, i've been mean i've been meaning to watch 1900 because i love uh, movies that are uh, way too long but yeah uh, i my mum saw that and really loves it i think yeah, i need my, to get my, around to my, it uh, my dad and his mum saw, saw, saw it in the theater together back, back in 1976 or whatever um it, it is which you know I, I just wish there were five hour long italian movies i could see in the theater with my mum these days but they, they just aren't well that's why we should start a cinema i guess <laughs> um uh, maybe the the Shane Sound Aerodrome. Um, uh, that, what a sinister idea to express. Um, uh, oh, but good, good sinister. The best sinister. Like if we started a cinema, I would like it to be already a bit run down yeah. and clearly like a chain that has changed hands. So there's like two screens that are never running because we've had to sell the projectors. And, and like the, the there's like always popcorn in the carpet um and, and like would you rather be running the films or or selling the candy uh i'd, I'd rather be running the films uh is that because you're because you're a coward because you're yeah. you're afraid of, uh, yeah. of, uh, of seeing people well yeah finn i I don't think you recognize that I'm youth of shite. It's shite and sound. Yeah. I am I am taking control, uh, and you are going to sell uh, for no money, for an investment of your own money in the first place. You're going to sell snotty-nosed kids candy while I watch all the movies I love for free, <laughs> and there's no other way to arrange this. Are you oh, okay with no. that as an idea, Finn? Finn, do you think that's a good idea? Uh, that, 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 that actually sounds uh, suboptimal to me. Oh, uh, so what... It's, I didn't know you were a, a pussy. Is that, is, that, is that what I'm hearing? Finn? Yeah, no, that, that's it, yeah. Ah, uh, well... Looks like we'll have to do something about that. Or do you just want to stick to doing a podcast? We should shelve this whole cinema thing. Yeah, let's just let's just stick to let let let's stick to what we know. Yeah, okay. Which is that, quality podcasting. I think it is. I mean, my levels have been very low throughout. <laughs> all right, uh, but so there'll be quite a lot of noise. But I like the the home spun thing because I just got really into that fantasy just now of, of me bullying you. But we'll get back to the podcast, and you know what that means, mm-hmm. Finn. I've sent a group of caffeinated children over to you. You got to go sell them some ice creams. Oh, we're actually out of ice cream. That's them at your door now. We're, no, we're, we're actually out of ice cream at my house at the moment. No, so, that you've got to get them in. There, there's a screening of Peter Rabbit too. Though they, they wanted it, and all that parent, that mum's really harried. That all uh, that kid looks like she's having a meltdown. I, I'm just gonna like uh, hide, I'm gonna hide behind a wall like Bilbo Baggins at the beginning of uh, Fellowship of a Ring. Okay, that 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 my family members leave. Hope these uh, people uh, uh, stop knocking on my window. Hey Finn. Yes, you. Uh, hey Finn. Yeah. Shut up. Do you want to hear a, uh, a negative review of Journey to Italy? 
Yeah, sure. Why not? I, I, I think I'm in a place where I could handle it emotionally. Uh, and this is a one-star review on social media platform Letterboxd. It is by Otua. Just mm. Otua. Yeah, uh, all of them. And they are not a fan uh, uh, of Journey to Italy. As I said, one star. Maybe I ruined the experience for myself by reading Criterion's capsule description before watching, where they invoke my favourite director, Michelangelo Antonioni, and compare Rossellini's deception of a crumbling marriage with what M.A., that's Antonioni again, would do the following decade in his own trilogy. I, I buy that comparison as well, but yeah. uh, I, I, I think Rossellini comes up on top. Yes. It piqued my interest, but Journey to Italy all but collapses under the weight of such a comparison. My distaste for Stromboli still lingering, this third instalment of what I like to call Rossellini's Karen trilogy closes uh, things out. Uh, Bazinga. Oh, so, Bazinga hard. Bazinga hashtag winning. Um... This third installment of what I call Rossellini's Karen Trilogy closes things out in spectacularly literal fashion. Yeah, that's what I would call this film. <laughs> literal. Uh, everything, and I mean everything Rossellini wants you to think, is spelled out in the dialogue. There is actually a close-up of an impression in volcanic ash of a dead couple holding each other, while some non-actor verbally describes what it is, and we watch Bergman start to break down at the parallels to her current marriage. Scenes like this occur throughout the film. Bergman will look at some piece of art that is a direct comment on the state of her relationship with her husband, and she will contort into some constipated grimace on her face. I am very worried about the, this person. If they look at Bergman's grieving face and their first thought is constipation. Well, like, also, if they think, oh, Ingrid Bergman's really... Yeah. She, she's really overplaying it here. She, she's really hamming it yeah. up. Which I, um, I, I guess if, if Antonioni is, is your favourite filmmaker, then yes, this, this, is, this is hamming it up. But Antonioni uh, does less with less. Yeah. Um, uh, she spies pregnant women, or, or women... Gr <clears throat> she spies pregnant women, or women pushing strollers, and Rossellini immediately cuts to her face as she shrugs, obviously, and then shakes her head, because how could I ever in a million years understand what she was thinking based on mere filmmaking alone? Three question marks. I would just like to establish at this point that this person is describing filmmaking and then saying it's not filmmaking, but anyway... <laughs> Probably the realest notion in the entire film is how the couple has no problem abandoning their children back in England to cavort across the Italian Isles and find themselves. And again, Rossellini continues to grow farther and farther out of touch the more he tries to mine Italian history as a visitor when it was also effortless for him a decade earlier when he lived it. Um, the thing I want to flag about that review is that that review, uh, uh, the the thing I think they do not like, uh, is the introduction of us as a player in the film. Uh, uh, Antonioni's films are films that you are allowed to observe and observe. Are films you're allowed to observe and decode. 
like mm. uh, uh, you get to take notes but you're not in the conversation they're showing you and, and in Journey to Italy by working so much through juxtaposition through the clear thing of like as much as maybe Auteur believes this is spelling shit out like talking about Bergman's relationship by showing us someone unpacking um, uh, people killed in Pompeii yeah it is bringing is creating is bringing us as agents into the the text of the film because we need to sit there as an avatar and go like I know what that feeling is I know what you're connecting yeah well and and and, and, and also the, the 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 thing of like she like looks out the window and sees uh, a, a pregnant woman and it cuts back to her and you see her react to that that is like that that, that is elemental filmmaking that, that that is like eisenstein theory of montage filmmaking but that, that like that that, 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 that that is not a failure of filmmaking that is like that, that, that is the essence of filmmaking well and, and seeing and, and i think like Auteur is m- so welcome to loving Antonioni. I do not hate Antonioni. Mm. But if you see Journey to Italy as a fork, uh, in that it is, again, this point kind of midway between uh, 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 the Grand Illusion and Breathless, it is like Antonioni is like, what if actually they got to voyage to Italy and were like, no, 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 let's go back a bit more the Enfant du Paradis way, you know? And so the thing Auteur is rejecting there is, I think, the thing that is most successful about the film, is is my point. Anyway, they have a good top four. Uh, Three, I wouldn't argue with. One, I would argue with kind of slightly on moral terms, but not necessarily qualitative terms. But one is easy. One is the best film ever made. It's Citizen Kane. It's Citizen Kane, ding. Yeah. Uh, the next one is a film we've already talked about this episode. We- uh, is, is, it in, uh, uh, is it in one of our top tens? Yes. Is it both of our top tens? Well, they will... No, it's not in your top ten. Okay. Uh, is it uh, Suspiria 2018? No. Is it I Children mean, of Men? No. Uh, what's the other um. Uh, it's uh, it's about a small town boy who has a crush on a girl, and then some crazy hijinks get in the way. Oh, okay, here, here. I think this oh, is no, maybe. Fuck, no, no, sorry, we're on velvet. Oh, oh yeah, damn. Obviously. I just thought of a very good obtuse clue, though. Well, so what, let me try that. Obtuse clue. It was supposed to be helium. Would you have gotten it from that? No. Because Lynch wanted Frank to have helium in his tank, oh, so his right, voice right. would go yeah, high. Yeah. Anyway, uh, the next is, uh, I don't believe you've seen this film. It, it's a pretty seminal British art film from the mm-hmm. 80s. I like it. I own it. Uh, it is, from what is I can it, tell, about a, four people. Uh, is, is it a German? No. Oh, okay. Um, the, the other one. Oh, no. Uh, I'm not sure I know the other one. Oh, man, I can't, I can't think of who the other one would be. 
Um, green away, Peter oh, Green away. Okay, no, I'm. I'm all right, it's the cook, the thief, his wife, and her lover. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. And the last one is, yeah, is, is debatable largely because I, I, and I do think there is a debate. Um, I don't think this is a director where we do have to just be like, no, fuck him, not mm. in conversation. He, he. of course it's a he. Uh, if it was a woman, they wouldn't get to make more films if, if they said the shit he says. But he has made really good films. This is kind of one of his breakouts. He had worked before. Uh, first film in English, I believe, starring Emily Watson. It is uh, Breaking the Waves. Ding, 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 by yeah. Vaz Lon Trier. Yeah. Uh, and that's O'Tour's top four. Yeah. Uh, so, Finn. Yes. Why haven't you seen Force Majeure? Uh, I've just uh, never gotten around to it, really. Uh, I, it, it, it's, I, it's one I've been meaning to see because uh, it, it, it was recommended on the Flophouse many years ago, uh, and it, it, it sounds like uh, exactly the sort of thing that I would like a lot. Yeah, uh, yeah. I know. It, I, it, it's it's just never. Yeah, I've just never really had had to have a chance to to get around to it. So yeah, Force Majeure is a great film. Uh, uh, you already knew that. My real question is: Has Downhill? Because we watched Downhill, which was uh, it says inspired by, but it's a it's a remake. Hmm. Um. Uh, of Force Majeure has it made you more or less likely to see it uh, I mean uh, more I I, 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 do, I do I do want to see this movie done like well because like downhill is sort of fine it, it is it is a pretty middle of the road American studio comedy some uh, so, so, some of the jokes I think are pretty yeah, funny I, I, I do not think it is middle of the like I think there is there is a real heavy focus on drama in this film oh, that you would uh, not yeah. find uh, sure. it, it is it's it, it's a drama comedy yeah. in a way that actually very few American comedies are the last mm. one I can think of like there's like obviously like Problem Child and um, but the key thing is uh, James Gandolfini's last film, uh, which was oh, rem- oh come on, with, also oh, with Julia Louis Dreyfus yeah, uh, about uh, the couple. Is, is, is it called like Enough Said something? Yeah, or something like that. Yeah, uh, uh, and it obviously is Dreyfus was a producer on that and a producer on this. That's obviously something she's really interested in, um, which is lucky because she's really good at it. Uh, yes, um, uh, uh, yeah, uh, yes. That that that, uh, that movie is called Enough Said. Yeah, um, but this because force majeure. Uh, yeah, getting away from I was just so sure you've seen it, and uh, yeah, getting away from my original pitch of just talking about how good force majeure is, and then taking brief moments to talk about what downhill does to make it pointedly not as good. Yeah, uh, uh, doesn't really work. Um, is is like force majeure is 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 a film that. Uh, feels it is every moment in it is incredibly well judged mm. uh, uh, every scene is usually in one or two shots uh, or, or you know conversations will, will they'll have two mediums on both of them but they'll be the same ones and cut between them and like the 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 definitional difference that's worth underlining is that the the sequence 
Fuss Monsieur and Downhill are both about a, a middle class family on a skiing uh, um, a, a vacation holiday yeah. um, uh, where uh, uh, there is a controlled avalanche that everyone has been warned about uh, and in response uh, but when it happens uh, it's it's a bit scary and the father briefly for the briefest of moments panics and runs away yeah he leaving uh, he, he he grabs his cell phone and uh, and, uh, and and uh, and and runs leaving his wife and two children uh, sit, screaming sit, in, in fear sit, yes sit, sit, sitting in the path of the avalanche uh, and that in 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 I keep wanting to say downfall like the Hitler film. <laughs> uh, in in downhill, that is shot like every other scene in this film. Uh, there's a little bunch of coverage. There's a bit, bunch of uh, uh, close ups. There there's you know you're cutting around the moment. You're cutting to reactions. Uh, in force majeure, uh, that whole sequence. Uh, including the avalanche, the the dust from the avalanche hitting them, completely yeah. whiting out the camera, and then the husband returning being and pretending nothing has happened, as he then does for the remainder of the film, uh, uh, until uh, one of either one of the best scenes in all of cinema in terms of acting, or Will Ferrell's best scene of acting in all of film, and that's not nothing, you know, um, you know, it's not, it's not, it's not nothing oh, I don't know I, I'm sure there's something in I'm sure there's so, I'm sure there's something in like Step Brothers which is which is better than this uh, but that whole scene is played in one locked off shot right so from them sitting at the table they're, they're you know they're taking about a third of the frame the snow fields behind them from flat snow fields to the avalanche in the distance getting closer getting closer escalating conversations mm-hmm. about other things um and, and like uh it it is it is it is i only noticed it watching it this time i i saw it once before either in the festival or in a post festival like academy screening anyway um uh, uh, uh or no it's 2014 so it would have been at like rialto in in wellington but that doesn't fucking matter um uh, i'd only noticed that this time i only noticed it now that i am looking at films being like how do you actually make a film when you don't have that much time? Yeah. How do you work when you cannot actually shoot that much coverage? Uh, and, and watching with that in mind, this film is uh, uh, force majeure becomes a sequence of plays played out in one or two takes. And what that allows Osterlin to do is perfectly modulate, coach, work with all of their performances so that it is always like you feel trapped with them and you feel the stakes at every moment and, and what rash and whoever the other director is no uh, 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 the, 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 the directors are jim rash and nat faxton yeah of well, uh, 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 Faxon, sorry yeah uh, of like spectacular now and jim rash is obviously the well, dean for yeah, the so community the, the, they uh, so uh, they uh, uh probably most well known for uh, for for writing the movie the, the descendants that's uh, which, what i'm which thinking they won for and then um, uh, uh, and, and then uh, and then they uh, wrote and directed the way way back yeah, which is a fun, charming film. If you've yeah, seen it, it's a good a, time. With a very good Sam Rockwell performance. 
yeah, it's good. it's great fun. Yeah. Um, and, and that's that's like a good kind of some semi but bittersweet bittersweet studio comedy, the kind yeah. they don't make anymore. But, but there's one moment in, in, in the way way back, which uh, which is like for, for, for like a lot of the movie, I was like. Oh, you know, it's a movie about this like annoying, disaffected kid who's feeling separated from everyone around him. What like I, I his, his it. name's Finn. It's just well, one shot of his face, and well, that's like, when you uh, realize the film hadn't started, and you were just looking yeah, in the I screen. Looking, I was looking like Black Mirror, but no, I was I was thinking like, why, why don't I like this kid more? Yeah, I, but, but then there's a scene about halfway through the film where there was like a big party. And all, all, all the adults are like hanging out and getting drunk, and and, and and this kid just has no one to talk to, so he's just sitting in the corner. And then, yeah. and, and, and then he sees uh, his mum Tony Collette and his stepdad Steve Carell and all of their friends uh, get up and like sneak out of the party to go smoke weed. Yeah. And I was like, oh, you know, this is this is about my life. And like that moment, I was like, everyone is leaving to go and do drugs, and you 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 are not part of that. And you feel like contempt for them, and and you just feel real loneliness. Uh, it, it captured that. Like it, it captured my experience of being at parties perfectly. Yeah, I do think weed would be useful to you, but I also, you know, anyway, you live your life. <laughs> uh, but and yeah, no, way way back, good fun. Uh, 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 and, and, and yeah, just a documentary about Finn's life. Yeah. Um, but it is, yeah, it's a studio comedy. It's mid shots with riffing, uh, a wide shot where it follows the script and everything just kind of pops and jumps. And, and obviously, uh, uh, Rash and Haxon have it's a. Faxon. Um, have a, have, have a, have a developed visual sense. Yeah. But all uh, of the real. A lot of it does not seem to come from within their own minds. Uh, a lot of the truly arresting images of downhill are the truly arresting images uh, of force majeure. Yeah, but all, just uh, all, all, all the fact that, like, if you were like, if if you point a camera at uh, at like at, at incredible snow covered mountains, they're going to look good. Oh, and, and but like even. Like some of the framing is the same, some right. of the scoring is identical. Like there, there are points where this is a frame for frame remake. There are points when this is Psycho, and there are points where this is twenty four hour Psycho, <laughs> which, um, which is to say that it is like you understand where how they came from the same place, but they are totally different. Yeah, but but that they have taken the approach of essentially just making Force Majeure again but this time cut and shot like a standard studio film and like an arty one, but like Will Ferrell is in this film and it yeah. is it is in film to Will Ferrell as hard as they are clearly getting to him to work against his impulses. It's Will Ferrell in his post-Adam McKay mode where he like wants to be kind of more serious and he, yeah. he, he, he is playing things up less, which is kind of how I imagined Force Majeure is. Like things are going to be like underplayed in that movie. But like... Uh, but- but like what I want from Will Ferrell do, doing doing this role is like Will, Will Ferrell is incredible at 
being a uh, being a kind of like a, 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 a being a, a, a jackass. Being, yeah, being a jackass, being a blustery yeah. man child. And I sorry, that was me uh, attempting to add, not trying to complete. Anyway, yeah, your, and your I, sentence. I, yeah. I I I real I, w- I wish this movie had Will Ferrell more in the mode of being as brash and stupid as, as he is in a lot of movies, and, and kind of giving a bigger performance rather than be like a, a be, be like dramedy mode. Will Ferrell where, where he's kind of like to- towing the line a lot more. Yeah, well, and, and, and like talking about uh, the performances, uh, it, it is uh, to complete my my my, mm. my thought on. Uh, I agree with everything you've said. To go back a step, but I will rejoin you at Will Ferrell. Um, is is that what 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 Rash and Faxon Faxon yeah Faxon what Rash and Faxon do with the like it's an innocent choice. Cause like this, 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 the script they have written with um, Jesse Armstrong from Peep Show and follow up less good but still good show Succession. Um, their screenplay is good. They are adapting a good film that mm. is not culturally specific. Um, like. I could absolutely understand reading the script and being like, oh no, they're doing, oh, they're, they're doing a good cover of Force Majeure. But shooting it in, in, in the comedy way takes one of the two really key elements that, what, that makes Force Majeure work, which is this idea that you are trapped with them. Right, There's yeah. so much air. There are so many releases. The increase of cuts of more obvious laugh lines make the diffuse the tension so much. And that means, like, when you get to, like, Julia Louis-Dreyfus doing her big, like, uh, I need you to shape up and or, or ship out speech which she does a great job of but because we haven't really been trapped in this relationship we've just been watching it it feels less earned yeah and 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 the and the other key thing they lack is that the all of the cast uh, uh of both films are great <laughs> Uh, 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 I like has Will Ferrell done uh, consistently the best no has he made me routinely laugh in many films yes uh, uh, in a way that shows real skill and like Julia Louis-Dreyfus is uh, like who doesn't love Julia Louis-Dreyfus like she she's great she kills it in this film like she kills it in fucking everything um, Miranda Otto uh, uh, and Zach Woods, uh, Chloe Zhao, and interestingly Christopher. No, uh, no, no, not 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 Chloe Zhao. That, 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 that's that's the director oh, who makes movies. Her name is Zoe Chow. Yes, you can yes. see how I made yeah, that no, mistake. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 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 Zoe Chow uh, and and Christopher Hivju. Uh, um, yeah, from from, uh, uh, from from Game of Thrones. Yeah, and presumably he was cast on Game of Thrones from his role in Force Majeure, um, ah. uh, which wasn't the role he plays in Downhill. He was um, Zach Woods's character. Okay, right. But they were very different. The people who really mm-hmm. sing in this, who are you know Otto Woods, have due cow the kids are the people who are given plot lines that are much more clearly tailored to them as performers 
Right, Miranda yeah. Otto is doing a great job playing a character that kind of rhymes with, but is very different to the character in Force Majeure. Right. Um, and, and the thing, and, and they have clearly shifted Louis Dreyfus's uh, uh, m- mother character uh, um, uh, uh, a bit to give her strength and to 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 play to her strengths over because um, <clears throat> uh, uh, they've taken Ebba, played by Lisa Loven Kongsley uh, in, in Force Majeure, and, and in in that she is a character who is a lot more about uh, repression. They she is someone who can only explode. Like she right. is a person, an agent of passive aggression, uh, and whereas Louis Dreyfus is more aggressive from the off, and, and like that's a legit change to the character, but it does mean that when things start to really explode or the avalanche really starts to build towards the end, it feels inevitable but not mm. surprising. But like the big letdown is that Johannes Barkunk, who is is the father in the original, yeah, is so perfectly cast. I I have to presume it was redeveloped with him or written for him. It is it is it has that like Benedict Cumberbatch as Sherlock thing, where you're like you're the only person who could be saying these words yeah. in, in this way, in the way that Osterlin's next film stars um Clyde's bang and you look at that and go you couldn't be anyone else also you should be dracula and so now he's dracula um anyway i just wanted yeah. to bring up that that connection and he's uh, also in I, little, he's also in locked down with chiwetelli jeffor and anne hathaway i will i'll get round to that uh, I'm, he, he I'm, plays I'm an sure. evil businessman oh i finally watched the sparks film oh, how yeah. good is that good. fucking film great great movie yeah and, and like here is my review of that film I immediately went and listened to the soundtrack CD I will not get any deeper into Sparks but I like the songs I've met already no, you, 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 should, you should listen no, to more Sparks I, I know I should I can't Finn yeah I, my my Libra drive accessible Blu-ray drive ha- has arrived. I have a lot of Blu-rays to rip and organize. I do not have time for Sparks in my life. You, you, you can listen to Sparks while you're while you're ripping Blu-rays? No, that's podcast or audiobook time, and I need to listen to the whole of the audiobook of Nigel Robinson's 1991 novelization of Marco Polo, the fifth story of the first iteration of Doctor mm-hmm. Who. Anyway... Right. The, uh, 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 the 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 audiobook I'm I'm working for at the moment is uh, the complete Sherlock Holmes read by Stephen Fry. I've 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 got that too. Yeah. Thanks, Audible credits. Did yeah, you get that by going? I have a free Audible credit sort by length, so you got the most time for the most. Uh, I I think that just showed up as a recommendation. I mean, when I saw it, it was like twenty five hours long. I was like, yeah, sure, get this. That's I'll, why I'll spend twenty five hours of Stephen Fry. That's why I have all of that, and I th- it is either Asimov or Philip K. Dick, which I have another like right. twenty five. Anyway, any who. Oh, uh, I, I, uh, I but, just want to say about, about about the complete Sherlock Holmes. Uh, 
Those stories are uh, super fun, and they're a great time. Except and they're it- short. Yeah. That's the good thing. They're written to be the length of a newspaper articles. Check yeah. them out. They're great. <laughs> they're good fun. But, but like occasionally you really get like hit with the fact that oh yeah this was written by a dude in the like late 19th century and it'll yeah. just be like long conversations about phrenology oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. it is uh it gets real weird sometimes so when when when, when Sherlock Holmes is like oh yes but you can you can tell by his skull shape and he's like oh no well even Stephen Fry's voice yeah. that's not good yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna beat that word, <laughs> Stephen. Yeah. Right. Um, uh, and this is circling back to Will Ferrell. Trust, trust right. me. I know this has been grand words, but but uh, Conker, uh, as as Thomas in Force Majeure, is this exquisite portrait of a man who is trapped inside his own head, <laughs> and it has that a new leaf thing. Uh, of the moment he starts lying about what happened because a lot of the plot of this film about an hour of this 100 minute long film is this guy is 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 Julie Louis Dreyfus going like you ran away and him being like no you just remember it differently and uh, gaslighting her yeah. in different ways oh, uh, you you the, 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 this movie is not 100 minutes the, this movie is not including credits this movie is 80 minutes long Oh, okay. 18, well, it, like Force Majeure is two, uh, and that's why I keep confusing the two uh, yeah. in, in some ways. Even though the, the third act of both films is is different to the point of the any yeah. they end uh, that it, 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 it's a riffing cover, but yeah. it is a cover. Uh, and like these movies are like different enough that the original writer and director Ruben Ostlund is uh, not credited on downhill. I, I, and it is in the like yeah it's credited as inspired by hmm. and it, I don't think there's there's probably a token line or two that's the same as a reference but it is they are different it is just that the way downhill is different is that it is just noticeably weaker yeah and, and the crux of that is yeah uh, uh, <clears throat> yeah Kunker is Thomas is 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 playing when he get he's playing this character who's so trapped inside his own head so trapped inside his own thoughts to the point of anxiety that that like uh, uh how much you stick with the 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 lead of a new leaf as he just goes around saying fucking crazy shit <laughs> like because you buy that person in that moment doing those things when yeah. thomas starts lying and gaslighting and being crazy in force majeure you are so trapped with him that you're like don't do this but I absolutely understand why you're doing it Mm. Um, but because we are so used to like Will Ferrell is not an interior actor and that is not a crime he is a clown and and an impressionist and both of those are uh, incredibly hard skills to have Yeah, but it does mean that he cannot play interiority uh, uh, and, and so we get this character who is still written to be constantly at battle with himself but because he's Will Ferrell he just seems like he's being a dick <laughs> yeah and it, it's not interesting and because there is no air because you're not trapped with them the way you're kind of tra- you're trapped with them in Force Majeure the way you're trapped with the couple in Journey to Italy you're just like oh you're just 
Why did Julia Louis-Dreyfus marry Will Ferrell? Yeah. And it all builds up. There, there is one scene that is similar in both. And like my heart sank when he stopped. You know, they've they've had a bunch of semi arguments about it, and it, it builds to this melting point where where they're walking down a a, a hotel hallway, and he stops. Uh, and, and my heart sank, and I was like, "Oh fuck, is this one of the scenes they are copying?" And they kind of are, because Will Ferrell is like. You're right. I fucking ran, and I don't like this person that I am. Mm. I don't like this, and, and, and there is a very, and because I'm a coward, and I'm, and I hate myself, and it is, um, I think it is Will Ferrell's best acting, but it suffers because uh, uh, when uh, I keep having to remember his surname, when Kunk does it as Thomas, it is a uh, uh-huh, it's possession level, yeah. Uh, emotional performance of this man who has created a maze of like entrapment lasers in his brain melting down and 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 it starts as just him apologizing and ends with him racked with grief howling like an italian widow and that is a compliment (laughs) to both this performance and And italian Italian widows uh um and, and, and sobbing and, and and how that and that is the obvious end conclusion is that this is a character who goes so inwards he has to implode mm. and then something has to change whereas because we've got no sense of Will Ferrell's interiority when he hits that moment what it reads to me is someone being like it's kind of what Stranger Than Fiction should have done but didn't and ended up being just fine rather than as good as it could have been. Yeah. Which is having a Will Ferrell character going, I don't, I'm a Will Ferrell character. I don't fucking think I'm just mean to people and I just yell and, and run away. I don't like being a Will Ferrell character. So, and it, and it just doesn't work in an airless film and if we had had if we had been trapped in there with them and if as as you say so this is my long path i agree with you he should have been giving a will ferrell big performance and his battle and you shift his arc and that he is someone who is so exterior he's so about the show that he cannot admit to the fact that he ran away yeah. uh, um, because he's a Will Ferrell character and he can't think all he can do is do yeah. whereas Thomas is someone who can only think and can't do and like that is how you do the film but that, well, that and, uh, I think that like part of the problem with that is for like Jim is for like Jim Rash and Nat Fax and even though as performers they're mainly known for comedy, as yeah. writers and directors, they, they they want to be taken seriously as dramatists. Like, we they, demand they, to be taken seriously, and they deserve to be as well. Sure, to be like, clear, like they, yeah. they 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 want an Oscar for writing for like writing a drama, but, and like, not and not with bad reason. Like mm, Descendants yeah. is a good script. It's not a great mm. film. It's a good script, though. Sure, yeah, but but like in in all three of the films that, that they've written that I've seen. Like I, I, I always find the, uh, I always find the the, uh, the, 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 the parts that connect for me the least are the emotions. I, I, I yeah. 
in all their films, there is a big buildup of emotion, and 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 at the climax, someone, someone like makes conf- someone like make a confession, or there is there is a there is a big moment of of, of like catharsis or release, and none of those moments ever work for me in, in their film. I, I find the smaller, more character-driven moments and the jokes to be like what they are good at. I, I wish they had created a space where Will Ferrell could do a Will Ferrell performance rather than what he is doing here. Well, and, uh, yeah, like the 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 way because yeah, the, this disconnect between material and execution, which is so about like realizing how the original works and how to adapt that. Mm. Uh, and, and the things they should have adapted and the things they shouldn't have. There are cases of adaptation throughout this film that are really good. The final moment of, of Downhill is uh, a, a great scene. I won't tell you what happens, because you might see it. It's not like a huge twist, which... Mm. Well, and, and that ending feels like it's... Feels like it feels like it is from Force Majeure, mm. but it is not. It's an right. invention. Uh, Force Majeure's ending it ends on a similar note, but in entirely different material ways, right. uh, if that makes sense. But what that shows to me is that they have a... They fucking... This is a film made by people who fucking love Force Majeure, and right, of course yeah. they would, and this is people who want to do their own riff on it. And I just wish that they had realised that they are both uh, uh, people who have worked a lot in television uh, and, and that they, they need to let go of the cut. They need to let go uh, of, of the single of riffing. That is one of the things force majeure, if you know what I mean, mm. downhill needs, and you need to map it against your characters. Mm. So it is, it is like the simple solution to combine our thoughts. The way you make downhill like good rather than like fine like it's fine julia louis the cast has a good time but it's like you know it's it's fine yeah it's where is it on my list it's like oh it's 67 you know it's between Mm. pierre lefou and the the high the honeymoon murders you know like it's fine yeah um and, and it is that you take is that you you cut you you shoot it like a film not like tv comedy or not like a comedy film and you make will ferrell give a will ferrell performance that regrets being will ferrell you make will ferrell adam sandler like in punch drunk love rather than trying to get him to fit something that doesn't work it's like it's it's the same thing as like the constant threats of a tony erdman english remake is where you're like i like i i love tony Erdman. it's a fucking great time check it out i think it could work in english i but even when you're like it'll be bill murray and you've got to be like but then it has to be that guy like yeah. the whole thing of tony Erdman is those two performances yeah and like and the way from, from like what i've seen of tony Erdman, that doesn't seem like a performance or a character that like bill murray would, would be able to replicate like that, that, that like that to me is a nick nolte performance well it it, it is uh, i absolutely agree with you on both points uh, the thing i would underline is but it is a performance you could eat like you could hire murray to do an impression of mm. uh, and that 
is why, like where Feral fails in this is when it kind of feels like he's doing an impression, even though he is better than that. He is never actually doing an impression. Mm. They just there was a real opportunity for him here, and and they should have shaped it around it. And and I'm sure that so much of like the issues we're talking about come from that like Will Ferrell and Julia Louis Dreyfus aren't individuals. They have teams. There will be there will have been a manager who is on set every day going over to to ration Faxon Fax Faxon 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 Matt Faxon and Faxon being like we're going to get some other angles so Will can riff right we're going to get some so you know we can riff and then and then you know someone on Dreyfus's side being like yeah we can do another take of that master right like it, it's sad mm. um so it is it's shite it's a marginal shite but it's yeah. shite yeah it, it, um, it's, it's like it's like a two two and a half star movie not like not terrible but uh. No, 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 no real reason to watch it. And it is like I will be. You should really watch Force Majeure, both yeah. you, Finn, and everyone listening, because it is. It's genuinely great film. I think it will have very long legs, um, and, and I think Osterlund is going to spend a lot of his career uh, attempting to recapture the magic of it, while not understanding that people were there for the drama more than the jokes. But that—that's a whole. That's a separate thought. If we ever get to the square, right? Um, um, and, and and to end all of that, I, I would like to state that that this was my big reveal. This was like the whole, you know the structure of the whole episode. Uh, uh, all of that, my whole plan. Sure. Uh, uh, introducing with the top ten lists, yeah. with the, going back over the lists, talking about adding stuff, deliberately mentioning Yee Yee is number twenty five on my list, so I can reveal that number twenty six is Force Majeure. <laughs> I have it ahead of of Rear Window, but because you haven't Ooh. seen it, we can't play that game, and I can't do that. But, um, but yeah, Downhill is not bad. If it's mm. like on TV, watch it. Sure. It is just like no. If it's on, watch it. It's fine. Seek out force majeure. Like if you're like flipping through channels and downhill is on, watch the Miranda Otto scenes. She's uh, super fun. Oh yes, she kills it. Exactly. Yeah. Great stuff. Yeah, Miranda. The the the, like only other movies I see Miranda Otto in are uh, the 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 second and third Lord of the Rings movies and in My Father's Den. Uh, which are, you know, very, very like, uh, very, very like, contained and dour performances from her, which like are all all good performances. But but like, then in this, she she is playing this incredibly upbeat, sexually liberated uh, Austrian woman who just wants yeah. to, uh, who, who just wants to like be friends with everyone and fuck. It's, uh, it, she she is she is so funny. I always forget that you still haven't seen Annabelle Creation. Uh, she's great in that. Check it out. Love David Sandberg and What Lies Beneath. She's she's got she's got a great run. Oh, she's even in Human Nature, the Michel Gondry film. Everyone pretends doesn't exist. Um, anyway, uh, uh, I uh, but that said, Downhill isn't bad. Uh, uh, I think uh, we agree it's fine. Two, no. two and a half. I don't think anyone. If there's one thing I'll say, I don't think anyone could love this film. Anyone. I don't well, see a four, you, you five. You no, I've got, I've got something. I've got something shocking to tell you. Go on, shock uh, me. 
I found a five star review of Downhill. That okay? Where was it? In like in the garbage? Was it? Have you had a no, no, bomb it's, sniffer it's, dog? No, you it? it's, it, it's it's publicly available on on uh, on on a well well known uh, social network uh, social networking platform Letterboxd. Shut the front door. Yeah, written by uh, uh, it's written by Letterboxd user Riley DeLuca. Uh, I'm not. I'm uh, uh, of of the New Hampshire DeLucas. Uh, yes, correct. Oh, oh, great. Good to hear. Yeah, great ton, to hear the ton, ton, tons of Italian people in New Hampshire. <laughs> oh God. yeah, 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 yeah. She was there. You going? God. <laughs> and my my New Hampshire my New Hampshire ignorance. Yeah, that that's fair. I do very, know very little about New Hampshire. I know it's new. Mm. Got that's it. Yes, finally, <laughs> a 2020 movie that just soars to all of the Riley heights that I love and cherish when it comes to films. Have you seen a movie just like this before? Most certainly, and you've probably seen it done way better too. But the whole marriage falling apart angle is one that I is one that I can find myself emotionally attached to oh so quickly. The, the pivotal argument is done so well. Nothing is going to top the fight scene in Marriage Story for probably another few decades, but there are shades <laughs> of that scene in Downhill's one. Will Ferrell has proven before that he rocks it in dramatic roles, but JLD really steals the spotlight here. The supporting cast is real good too, and I found that they supported each character substantially when they needed to. I cried, I laughed, I was goosebump covered. I kind of understood why critics and audiences panned this due to its formulaic structure and rushed pacing, but the content uh, was yes, really, really the great. F- the famously formulaic structure, everyone knows it, goes back to Euripides. Mm-hmm. Man flees from <laughs> avalanche, film occurs. His wife gets mad at him. <laughs> but but doesn't really say it, and a lot of it is, is them telling the story of what happened oh, in slightly really? different ways, in a way that, that on paper seems terrible. But like it's compelling, even in downfall. No, yeah, I mean it is. It is the 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 multiple scenes where where Hitler and Ava Braun are talking with 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 soldiers, and Ava is like, uh, um, "We had a pretty stressful day. We were we were outside on the Alps of Berlin, and this big avalanche came, and Adolf he he grabbed his dog whip, but not me." Yeah. He always cared more about Blondie than he did about Ava. Oh, Blondie was the dog, eh? Yeah. And it's, uh, also, yeah. it's also the namesake of the band Blondie. They named himself after Hitler's dog. Ah, oh, that would be terrible. That it's, I can't, like, look... What, what, as, what, what, what do you mean would be? That's a true fact. No, I'm, I, I, I choose not to believe that, because I... Well, a, you, 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 you choose to believe it was just because Debbie Harry's blonde... I I am a dyed. I I don't know why I'm going to say this. It's just a, just out of nowhere, just a non sequitur. Like two bands I love, a Joy Division and New Order, and they would well, never and, s- and, and Warsaw, the, the first version of that band. I I would never. I hold them up as icons, yeah. as people who make good music and do it without references to Nazis in the name, you know? And yeah. I think Deborah Harry... It is so unlike punk musicians to reference the Nazis in any way. I, I, I think Deborah Harry should take a cold, hard look at herself, her hair colour, and Ian Curtis, 
and, and change his story. Sorry. So is that all of uh, uh, that person's no, review? No, 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 there was a couple <laughs> sentences left, but I'm now uh, looking at pictures of Debbie Harry and I'm again uh, distracted. Um, uh, it's, it's always the way. Yeah. Uh, not necessarily you fresh, but sometimes things don't have to be fresh to be five-star worthy. I mean, have you ever had cheese? Point made. Can't wait to see the original French film from 2014. I hear it's way better than this, which I'm sure it is, but I can't compare yet. So I'm going to be incredibly dismissive uh, and, and in, a, in a way that I think reveals like the worst uh, uh, instincts of film shits like us, but I 100% believe it. That is the review of someone who doesn't watch as many films as they think they do. And that kind of pigeonholes and that downhill perfectly as a smart film for people who don't know they're not actually that smart. And, like, that's a terrible thing I've just said. Uh, I understand why it's wrong and a gross thought, but I also 100% believe it. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, no, I, 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 I know what you mean. Like, th- 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 this person has, uh, th- th- this person has only logged uh, 212 films on Letterboxd this year. Unlike, yeah. uh, unlike uh, me, who has logged uh, 368, and, uh, you've, uh, 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 and uh, and oh, you're you're on three hundred and sixty-four. You're you you you're catching up to me. Yeah, and, and and I want to be clear. It is most likely that that person is probably really busy off having a happy life. Yeah. Full of incident and, and, and affection, full of of people who are close to them, who who love them, who hold them tight. Mm-hmm. and we are the ones in the wrong for looking down on them but here we are above them <laughs> looking down you know do you yeah. understand what i'm saying yeah no absolutely uh, w- w- would you like to uh, uh, w- would you like to uh, 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 w- would you like to look down on riley's top four films yes okay uh n- number one uh it, 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 uh uh, it, it, uh, let's see. Uh, there, there, there is a famous uh, shift that happens from from one type of filmmaking to another. Uh, Long day's journey in tonight. Uh, no. Mary Poppins. No. But you, 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 one... you're, you're much closer with Mary Poppins than Long it Day's mo- Journey. It moves into animation. Is that uh, the thing? No, but it, it, it is. It is. A, it is sort of similar to that. <laughs> is that a film that becomes a musical? Uh, it, it, it is. Uh, it, 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 it was a musical the whole time. <laughs> wow! Uh, uh, what a, a twist! Uh, uh, but it changes what kind of musical it is. Uh, no, it has something to do with. It has something to do with how it looks. Changes. Ah, so does it start in colour but end in black and white? Oh, uh, okay. The, re- the reverse. Starts in... Oh, The Wizard of Oz. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah. Um, so I, I'm I'm just looking. Uh, I am just looking at uh, uh, at uh, the list of films directed by Victor Fleming right now, and I yeah. did not realize that uh, The Wizard of Oz and Gone with the Wind came out the same year. Yeah, they those that were is, both. That is crazy. They were both. They were working on both of them for a very long time. I seem to believe. Mm. Like those, those were films that were on and off shooting. So I can understand how he could end up kind of like uh, uh, alternating, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, man, that's that is nuts. Oh, okay. So he left the production of Wizard of Oz partway through to uh, to 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 take over Gone of the Wind. Yes, which was having trouble with the production. Oh, okay. That's right. And, and Wizard of Oz is one of those films that 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 has like four directors mm. uh, uh, depending on who is officially credited yeah. I, I believe um, yeah uh, so uh, uh, the, the the second film uh, the lead actress won uh, the Academy Award for Best Actress for it huh Erin uh, Brockovich uh, no she was up against uh, Charlotte Rampling Kate Blanchett and Saoirse Ronan Ah, oh, is it is it is it is it is it the favorite? No. Ah, oh, okay. It is uh, uh, it three years before the favorite. Uh, all right. So now let's see how good my memory is. Uh, not that good, turns out. Um, <clears throat> all right. Sorry. Complete the thought. Brain. Uh, all right. Give me another clue. So it is is so. All right. Is it Ex Machina? Uh, no. Uh, no. But, 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 uh, but it, it is similar in that uh, much of it takes place in, uh, in, in a single location. Uh, yeah. Uh, the, 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 this film has a breakout uh, child performance. Oh, it's Brie Larson in Room. Yeah. Yeah. What a film. Yeah. Love Brie, love Room, love Tremblay. <laughs> love Who is the Baddie? Uh, the the That's guy. very reductive. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, he is a guy called uh, Sean, uh, Sean Bridges. Uh, That's right. He's yeah. great too. Yeah. Uh, uh, what a harrowing work. Yeah, uh, um, correct. But congrats to everyone involved for making it justifiably so harrowing. Yeah. Um, uh, I keep the, meaning to read the book. Sorry. But anyway. Uh, uh, the <laughs> next film... Uh, 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 the 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 next film uh, became a uh, became a punchline uh, among, amongst uh, uh, became a punchline amongst homophobic uh, comic book fans. I I like that's such a good clue that I feel very sure that I should be able to decode it just from that, right? Yeah. Oh, okay, I'll, I'll like, give you a second clue. Oh, no, yeah. oh, this is maybe a bit much, but, uh, Lin- okay. but uh, Linda Cardellini is in it. That was going to be my yeah. question. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, um, oh, a superhero film? No. That ho- no. Okay, it's a film that home what okay it it is a film that became a punchline amongst homophobic comic book fans green book 
No. Uh, um, it's bad news. Oh, my God. Okay. There, there was an actor in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. There was, and it was Linda Cardellini. She, 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 she's one of the people in it. Oh, is it Brokeback Mountain? It, it is Brokeback Mountain, Yeah, yes. ding, ding, ding. What a good film. Uh, what is the next film uh, thing? The fourth film. The, uh, the villain is played by a skateboarder. Um, <laughs> I do. I don't know why that's so funny to me. Um, uh, the villain is played by a. Okay, so it's not Tony Hawk. He's not been a villain in anything, no. has he? No, Would I don't it, think so. Oh my god. Uh, okay, so is it Dogma? Uh, no, but I think you're thinking of the right person. Is it? Is it? His name is Earl Jason Lee. Uh, yeah, it is Jason Lee. Uh, yeah, Scientologist, pilot of Spectre Rise Glaf. Yeah, 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 Jason. Yeah, Jason. Like those ads for um, oh, McDonald's. Oh, I'm Jason. Just, 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 just look at this photography. I've seen the ten Jason Lee films. Okay, have oh. I seen this film? Oh, yes. Uh, yeah, if, if, if everyone's seen this film. Everyone. Everyone, yeah. And Jason... Oh, it's The Incredibles. It is, yeah. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. It's, it's fine. fine. It's okay. Yeah, no, no. look, I, we one day we're going to have the big argument. We will find a, Brad, a film to pair a Brad Bird film with, and we'll have the long conversation about how I like his films. They are good, but they are fashy. Finn just leaned in to read something on his screen, but it really looked like he was leaning in to really give me a word on this. Like, now listen, punk. That's my bird you're coming for. To be clear, he makes great films about how some people are special and talented. Some people are. Doesn't mean other people are bad. Yeah, no, this is... okay. This is we've got. This is why we need like because I don't disagree with that. Yeah. I don't think it apply like it. It is. It is. I admit that it is thorny, mm. but it is. It, I think it is. It's it, anyway. That's why we'll yeah. do. I mean, I, when, I, when I, we get to Apu Sansa, we'll do Ghost <laughs> Ghost Protocol. You yeah. know, because they both have sequences where Leah Sadu is kicked off the Burj Khalifa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like my thing with Brad Bird. Is that like I think those elements exist in in his movies, but also the like things that he hates the most are like uh, rich people and violence. I think if you're going to be a fascist, uh, that's the best sort to be. Finn, Finn, I again, I, I like we just we need to, <laughs> we do not have the time and space for this. <laughs> it is past midnight. We have been talking for three hours and twenty minutes. <laughs> what is the last film on this top four? Oh, no, or we, are we, there we, two we, more? No, no, we, we, we did it. It was Incredibles. Oh, okay, great. Uh, it was but no, like, I, starring Jason Lee. I do, I do look forward to breaking down Bird with you one day. I'm just like, yeah. You know, that, that that intro that is probably 20 to 30 minutes on this episode was an hour of recording. Yeah, <laughs> Including the, the, uh, the thing that I was leaning in to look at was the letterbox page for Untitled Brad Bird Musical. Maybe the description is described as a live-action and animated hybrid musical said to include about 20 minutes of animation. The only like listed crew are Brad Bird and Michael Giacchino, and there is nothing else. So I am... 
uh, adding that to my watch list. Hope that exists someday. Uh, nah, too many musicals have failed recently. No one has recaptured the greatest showman's, uh, you know, a uh, 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 once in a blue moon mix of having um, some fine songs, some good performances in a film with a terrible moral. Like no one has quite recaptured that. No. Um, though at the end of the year, we we will talk about whether we th- where we rate in the heights. Uh, as as a musical, um, which will be great. I can't wait for you to tell me I'm wrong at length while while I do while all at the same time still kind of knowing that it's you know fine. No, I think it's quite good, Finn. Don't you understand? We're at loggerheads over this. I think it it, it is probably like the twenty ish best film of the year you know that's all I'm saying oh let's see where I got it Uh, uh, I've got it number 30 in in between Wrath of Man and uh, Jolt starring Kate Beckinsale which is above it Uh, Wrath of Man yeah that (laughs) oh Uh, hey Finn hey Finn Finn, yes, Finn, yes, yes, Finn, hey, yes, Finn. Oh, yes. Oh, we've broken. No, no, no. I think you've cut out. Are you? No. So, Finn, are you, are you back? Yeah. Hey, Finn. Yes, hey, Finn. Yufa. Shut up. <laughs> hey, Finn. Yes, Yufa. Where can people find you online? Uh, who gives a shit? Uh, you, you, but you can find the show on Twitter at ShiteSoundPod, or you can email us at ShiteSoundPod at gmail.com. Check out our website. It's at Shite and sound.com looks like that and that and is sticking around uh thanks squarespace not a sponsor yet fingers crossed tell your friends we'll we'll, uh, we'll, we'll get them one day we'll get them one day and, and like if if you'd like to hear sponsors on this show meaning that we are making money from this thing that takes up a full day of each of our weeks mm-hmm. and like i like it yeah. i did it anyway i'm just saying I'm just saying, tell your friends. Write us a review uh, on on the Apple Podcast app or where el- wherever else you find your podcasts. Uh, we're an acquired taste, but I bet you know someone in your life who could acquire it. Probably the quiet one, the weird one. Uh, uh, it's probably the a person who saw Tenet three times in IMAX. Yeah, that person's name, Yutha Dean. Uh, to follow that person more, to follow Yutha Dean, he's great. He's a uh, he's a playwright. Got some exciting news. Uh, uh, developing uh, some stuff. He's written a bit for the screen, uh, and I really recommend you check out his social media presence uh, as at Yutha Lives on you know Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook when they are up. Topical reference. Now you can work out what day we recorded this. But anywho, uh, um. Uh, 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 and you should also you should sign up for his newsletter it's at bit.ly slash youthalives and he has two other podcasts no two podcast. he has three podcasts uh, one is called The, the Witching Hours it's mm-hmm. an uh, audio anthology uh, of spooky and silly stories it's great fun check it out he has one called The Slow Path where he and his partner Briar watch Doctor Who until they die and he has a podcast called uh, Shine and Sound which is a kind of film comedy podcast where him and his good friend Finn uh, watch a good film uh, a bad film and then they talk about them Uh, theme song maybe you've heard of this yeah maybe maybe check it out (laughs) 
their theme song <laughs> is Vanux by Kazam Blam. You can check him out on Bandcamp. Finn. Yes. What are they watching next week on Shite and Sound? Next week we will be covering La Dolce Vita by Federico Fellini, uh, the film that invented the idea of uh, of a sleazy tabloid photographer called Paparazzi. And with that, we are covering the film Paparazzi, uh, directed by Mel Gibson's hairdresser. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, I, I got confused. It was written by Mel Gibson's hairdresser. Oh, thank Christ, Finn. Uh, we would have been raked over the coals if we yeah. got that one uh, all the way wrong. Um, at the end of every episode uh, of Shine and Sound, they have this really great catchphrase. Uh, they say, Movies are good. Even bad ones. Go, Go watch them. <laughs> seen my, mo- my most recent tweet uh, in, in but a moment I will have mm. the, uh, uh, it, uh, it relates to my dad oh yes we're beating him at Trivial Pursuit Yeah, I did see that congratulations well done always nice to cane the reallys and some Triv P right yeah. god who am I cane the reallys <laughs> I have. It was that I was like listening, listening to the possession. Uh huh. It's possession. It looks like etc. The 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 thing you are missing. Welcome. You're listening to the the end of the episode. This is playing during the credits. The boop 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 is is underneath us. Um, the thing you just missed was Finn on his webcam, racking his hand down his face in despair, shuffling all of his hair. It, it was there was there was real beauty to his pain in realizing <laughs> I have created another new bit that I will repeat forever.